What is up, YouTube? Welcome in to another edition of Bucky and BK live on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Today is Tuesday, August 29th, 20 and 23. And we are now just four days away from Longhorn Game Day. That's right. This Saturday, Texas opens up its 2023 season against the Rice Owls at DKR Texas Memorial Stadium Saturday at 2.30. We'll talk plenty of that. Yesterday, we got to hear from Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian. We'll play you some of his comments about Rice and also Sark's response to Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark. Sark uh, delivered a pretty good blow back to the Big 12 Commish. We'll let you hear from Sark a few different times over the course of today's show. We've got some baseball to talk about. Today is roster cutdown day in the NFL. We've got plenty of NFL to talk about. We'll have another Bucky's tip for kids in the car line. And joining us in less than 10 minutes, Buck, the legendary lifetime Longhorn, Quan Cosby. We'll congratulate Quan on being inducted. Not inducted. It's announced that he's going to be inducted into the Longhorn Hall of Honor a little bit later this year. And, of course, we'll talk plenty of Texas football with Quan Cosby. It should be a fun show this morning, Buck. What's going on? Oh, it's just another day here in the, the little tiny hamlet of Dripping Springs, Texas. But no rain yesterday. Sorry. Sorry, BK. We still have a 24-hour circle around what happened. I'm, I'm very satisfied with what we had on on Sunday. It was a, a nice dousing of rain, and now I don't have to worry for a couple of days of getting out there and watering my trees and plants. We're, we're fine here in Dripping Springs, the metropolitan area of Dripping Springs, Texas, USA, America. Yeah. You keep saying we as if the whole city or all of central Texas – got hit with rain on Sunday, but I think we is just your house and your house alone. I don't think anybody else in the area well, got any rain this weekend. Well, the believers got the rain. I'll just say that. <laughs> the believers got the rains. And good morning to the soldier, soldiers at Fort Cabasas, Texas, the soldiers in the state of Texas, and all those that fight for us each and every day. Thank you so very much for what you do. It is appreciated, and we do appreciate it each and every day. Thank you so much. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So fun show on tap today. Buck, let's hear from Steve Sarkeesian right off the bat. I thought this was pretty funny. So these are the first comments Sark made about Rice, right? There were a few different questions about Rice throughout the course of the 20 to 25 minute presser that Sark had down on campus yesterday. But the very first comments that Sark said about Rice, to me, Sark sounds like a guy who, well, he knows Rice isn't very good and he knows his team is supposed to beat them by four or five touchdowns. Take a listen. On the defensive side of the ball, they got a quarterback who's played with a ton of experience. He's played here twice in his career. Um, so, you know, they're hard-nosed, they're tough. they got very intricate schemes. Um, so we, we have our work cut out for us from a preparation standpoint. Obviously, this is an exciting time for us, uh, our fans, our students. Um, you know, we've, we've got a we've got a veteran opponent coming to town you know rice is a, a team that has a great deal of experience returning a lot of starters especially on the defensive side of the ball they got a quarterback who's played with a ton of experience he's played here twice in his career um so you know they're hard-nosed they're tough they got very intricate schemes um so we we have our work cut out for us from a preparation standpoint and you just have better players coach yeah i mean whenever yeah, a coach Talks yeah. about his opponent, and the first thing that he brings up is how experienced they are. That's when you know they suck, right? Yeah. Like that's coach speak from Stark, obviously trying to be respectful towards Rice. It was they, they are experienced. He's not wrong by what he said, but whenever you you lead with experience, 
not talent, that's when you know the team you're playing against isn't very good, and that's when you know you're supposed to be taking care of business this weekend. It's hard when the head coach can't name three or four guys that are unbelievable players. Like, you know, the running back is a great player, or the wide receiver is unbelievably skillful and, and can catch all kinds of passes and give our defense trouble. He can only name that quarterback who's been to eight different schools. That's it. They're, they may be experienced, but the talent level is a different talent level. But you have to pay all respect to anybody that you play your opponent. Always respect your opponent. And that's exactly what he's doing. He's, But he knows that they don't have four or five guys on that team that can light it up. Whereas he's got at least a dozen or so players that can light it up from different parts of the field, whether it's offense or defense or special teams. He understands that. And, I mean, he's doing it the right way. He's doing it like most head coaches would do. But it'd be nice if he could tell me three or four players on that opposing team that are really, really experienced and skillful. That's what I'd like to know. Who's the skillful dudes on that team? He doesn't know. He doesn't you, don't know. Think he, you don't think he knows? No, he doesn't know those dudes. You think if somebody asked Sark at the press conference yesterday to name five players on Rice, he wouldn't have been able to do it? Well, he probably could name names. You know, he's got the roster right in front of him. He can look down and name some names. But – all he can say is, oh, that's a senior, that's a senior, that, that's experience, that's a senior. But he's not going to know too many stats on him. He'll figure out the stats on the quarterback. As I said, he's been to several different schools, and he is their key player. I mean, he's whatever he does is what this Rice team is going to do. If he has an outstanding game and guys get open, it's going to be because of the quarterback. It's not going to be because of the defensive play, the standouts on defense. This is hammer time, baby. Yeah, it should be. Texas yeah, this is a, game one, yes. Yeah, Texas a five-touchdown favorite in this game against Rice on Saturday. Uh, there is a player on Rice that you might know besides JT Daniels, Buck, the brother of San Francisco 49ers running back Christian McCaffrey is a member of the Rice Owls. That would be Luke McCaffrey, who's a wide receiver on this crew. Or I may not know who he is. <laughs> you know who his brother is. You don't know I who know he who is. brother is, but I don't know who that dude is, no. He, yeah, so Luke McCaffrey's on the team. That uh, might be a name that oh, that sounds familiar. Yeah, no, he is related to Ed McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey, the whole McCaffrey family there. And look, the Rice Owls are making the jump this year, right? We're talking about the new right. teams coming to the Big 12. Well, because a bunch of teams are coming to the Big 12, and you've got a bunch of teams replacing the teams that are joining the Big 12. So Rice is making the jump from Conference USA to the ACK. This year, they're joining the American Athletic Conference. And I will say this about Rice. They are coming off their best season under head coach, uh, head coach Mike Bloomgren. Now, they won five games last year. They did qualify for a bowl game because, you know, Buck, there are just so many bowl games these days that now if you win five, apparently you have a chance to make one of those. And academic progress rate is very important. Oh, yeah. and, and, you know, Rice is going to crush that every single year. But, yeah, Rice is coming off its most successful year under Mike Bloomgren, who is going into his sixth season as the head coach down there in H-Town. Still, despite all that, despite the experience, despite right. what he's been able to kind of build during his tenure down there, uh, look, Texas should take care of business in a big, big yeah, way. Anything a, less than a 30-point win will be a disappointment. Yeah, this is a check for Rice and their athletic program, and it's a sacrificial lamb. And, you know, as long as Texas has been playing Rice since I coached there when we got beat by Rice, it's been – you just don't want to see the Rice program get destroyed on game one and they lose a bunch of guys. So I knock on wood in this type of game for, for both teams, obviously for Texas to win, but for Rice to stay healthy and continue through their season. 
you don't want to see three or four key players from Rice get just absolutely just hammered where they're not ready to play for the next month or so. You just want them to be healthy. You want them to play hard. You don't want them to win. You want them to to look good. You want both teams to look good, but you want Texas to do the things that Texas is supposed to do. Don't worry about what Rice – we know what Rice is capable of doing, but Texas has to do the things that they need to do to to, to continue on with their season. And game one's important. I mean, the the look of game one is really – you don't want to be sloppy. You don't want to come out with injuries – and you definitely don't want to be sloppy in game number one, especially against a team like this. To hell with Rice staying healthy. I don't care if Rice stays healthy. I care if Texas stays healthy, dude. What about the kids? Uh, I mean, look, I don't want anybody to get hurt, but I'm okay. not going to be losing any sleep if someone on Rice goes down with injury. If someone on Texas gets hurt this weekend, then I'm going to be pissed off. That's what I'm focused on. You're going to be on. pissed off at Rice for getting them hurt. Yeah, Texas needs to stay <laughs> healthy, dude. Well, I understand Rice. That. I'm Good just... luck, Rice. Hey, enjoy your 42-3 to ass whooping you're about to take this weekend. Best of luck the rest of the season. That's fine. I hope you enjoyed your stay in Austin. But And you hope your kids stay healthy so you can go in and have a nice season for Rice. Sure. Texas, you know you're hoping for Texas to stay healthy. We do that every day. But for Rice, you don't want that program to get jacked up. No. I mean, you, you care. You do care. You don't want to see kids carted off the field when it's going to be a thousand degrees at two thirty in the afternoon. Yeah, you know? I don't want to see Texas kids carted off the field when it's going to be a thousand degrees on Saturday afternoon. Now, of course, I don't want to see anybody get hurt there on Saturday. Go. I don't want to see anybody get hurt ever. But uh, I care way more about the Longhorns staying healthy. Right? We we talked about it yesterday, but. You know, for the most part, the Longhorns have avoided really any injuries. They've definitely avoided the catastrophic season-ending industry throughout uh, industry in- injury throughout the course yes. of fall camp. Easy for me to say. And this uh, was a, oh, and this was a summer that you think things like that. You know, kids overexerting themselves, heat exhaustion. You know, the, the summer of working out to prepare for this, where kids could come into camp and just be totally just just used up, and it hadn't happened. These kids look like they've been in really good shape. The injury bug hasn't been there. Everybody's playing at the same pace, and and that'll prevent a lot of injuries. When you have a team that's really, really healthy, a team that's physically fit, everybody seems to play at the same rate. So all the, you know, all the explosions, all the hits, all the, you know, and you, of course you can't help those non-contact thing. That just happens. That's just when the leg turns backwards the wrong way, and and things happen. But they've been very fortunate so far, and you hope they can keep on doing that throughout this week and be ready and come out of that game without injuries, too. Look, to me, this Rice game is still a part of the preseason. All right? I hope Sark's not talking like that. He didn't talk like that publicly to the media yesterday, and I don't think he's telling his players in the locker room that at all. But to me, this is part of the preseason. Like, the the real season begins in Tuscaloosa next weekend. So, to me, an injury on Saturday would be just as catastrophic as any injury that you could have suffered throughout the course of fall camp. So you've got to make sure that your guys, obviously there's only so much you can do, right? Injuries happen. I get it, but man, it would, it would really suck if, uh, if something bad happened to one of these Texas players really at any time, of course, over the course of the season, but especially the week before Alabama, when you know, you're going to need all hands on deck for that one. Yeah, there's, there's no doubt about it. You need, you need them all for Alabama. You need them all for all these games from, from after rice on, you just have to have those guys play in those games. This has to be a healthy team in order for them to only lose one game throughout the season. That's right, one game. That's one the game call? Off. That's the call. I'm still on it from Monday to Tuesday. I'm still there with one lost season, which will okay. be fan- 
which will be fantastic because that one loss means they're playing in the championship game. They're probably, as you say, getting to the final four. But in that championship game, that's either they're going to go into that championship game undefeated or with one loss. So that's going to be interesting because to me, if they get there, I'm starting to move towards that direction of not just getting there, but winning it, leaving this place with a Big 12 championship on the way out. Thank you, Euromark, because now you that guy has fired me up. I got yeah. fired up yesterday thinking about the things that that guy was saying about coming here uh, in December, you know, or late November and having the refs in his back pocket. I'm, I'm not, I'm not down with that. That's, that's just, it's rude. That's rude by the commissioner. How about that? That's just rude. Yep. It was rude by the commissioner. And we'll play those comments again because Steve Sarkeesian responded to the comments that Buck is talking about yesterday as we await uh, legendary lifetime Longhorn Quan Cosby to join us here on Bucky and BK Live on Texas Sports Unfiltered. But we'll take you back to the comments last week that sent major shockwaves really throughout college football, but especially across the Big 12 Conference. Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark. Oh, do we wait? We might have to wait. There we go. How about that for a tease? Because joining us right now for the very first time on Texas Sports Unfiltered, is one of the newest members of the Longhorn Hall of Honor. That's right, a guy who was just announced as a part of the 69th Texas Athletics Men's Hall of Honor Class of 2023, the legendary lifetime Longhorn, Quan Cosby, is with us this morning. What's up, Quan? What's up, fellas? Sorry about the delay. I get back from Arizona, and I've learned that my wife has changed Wi-Fi. <laughs> I'm like, why is it my computer working? But hey, man, good to talk to you, gentlemen. It's good to have you, man. It's good. It's good to see you. Where, are you in the veranda there, getting ready, overlooking what golf course is that? Because there's something <laughs> in the background. No, I'm just on the patio, man. There's a lot going on in that house since I got back. So I was like, you know, I'm gonna go outside. It's a uh, a cold front. It's only in the 80s here today, so yeah. uh, it's not too bad this morning. <laughs> God, the missus changes the Wi-Fi when you're out of town. I mean, that is brutal. You can't do that without telling you. That is awful. Dude, I, I'm just happy my, my keys still work, I guess. So <laughs> why, why I can do As much as you travel, yeah. As much as you travel, exactly. it's good to get the key in there. Hey, congratulations <laughs> on your uh, induction into the Hall of Honor. I know that's coming up soon, and I know that means an awful lot to you, Quan, and and what an honor. I mean, the University of Texas, I mean, did you ever think that you would be a part of the Hall of Honor at the University of Texas, my friend? No, man, I appreciate that, Buck. And I know you you said it as well, Brad. I didn't, dude. I, I, I You know, you go about it. You, you try to do the best. Um, and what's funny is I have a weird kind of perspective. When I was in the league, when I played with Chad Ochocinco and T.O., I said, listen, man, I want to play in the Super Bowl has two touchdowns, but I don't necessarily want to be the MVP. And they were like, what? You're crazy. I said, dude, I don't want the fame or craziness that come with it. So weirdly, you just – I always want to produce. You know, I certainly want to produce. And clearly that's a very different conversation in the NFL versus UT because, as I say, I didn't – I never had a favorite NFL team, but uh, I bleed burnt orange. So to get that honor, to get that call from the athletic staff, um, it's pretty next level. And – I tell you what's cool too, you know, DJ, um, so many folks, you know, they, they shot me a, a text and said, Welcome to the club. And that brotherhood, we always have it, but to um gain it on that level, uh, TJ Ford even, uh, other sports folks that 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 hit me up. It was 
that's when I think it really sunk in. I was like, man, this is cool. I don't know. I don't even know how to how to respond at that point. So, and then to go in with my brother Jonathan Scott is, is pretty special. Yeah, two members of that 2005 national championship team, a part of this illustrious Hall of Honor class for the University of Texas. How did you find out, Quan? I mean, what was what was the call like? Who told you? Like, how did this whole thing go down when you actually found out you were going to be oh, a part of this thing? That's actually a funny story. And, and Bucky, when I talked to Bucky and E when they were on the radio show, I'd always laugh because me and CDC, we argue like we're freaking, we've been married for 60 years. And so he, he calls me, Bucky, I was on the golf course that particular day. Of course. Um, <laughs> he calls me and, and he, and I didn't answer cause you know, etiquette. I'm and trying to play golf. Trying to play golf, dude. And, and, and I was in a sweet course too. And he called me again and I was like, what, what the hell is going on here? I was like, and then he calls me again. I was like, all right, I think something's wrong. Yeah. And so I, unfortunately that's where it goes. And so then I, I call him back. And he's like, of course, goes right into arguing with me. You don't answer my call, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, dude, what do you want? I'm sitting here, I'm busy. And I'm trying to make a putt, man. Hey, 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 he said the same thing, too. He's like, what freaking golf course are you on? You're not busy. <laughs> and I said, dude, what do you want? And he said, well, I have Ricky Brown and um, uh, Chris Polanski right here. And we wanted to tell you uh, um, you are now a member of the Hall of Honor. And I was like. Oh crap! That's what I didn't call. I didn't answer the phone for that, and and I laughed, and I can hear them saying congratulations. And I was like, of course, in in typical him and I conversation fashion, I said, dude, if you'd have had one of them call, I would have answered. So you, you did that wrong. And That's so, right. Just have them call you. It, it never goes as smooth as it. It's always a freaking it, my neighbor's dogs out here mad at somebody, but um, <laughs> it never goes as uh, as planned. But it was. It, it actually adds. And, and the genuine nature of uh, one him and our relationship, but just one of the coolest calls I ever had. I'm, I tell you what, I, I, saying I didn't really, it didn't really sink in, dude. I think I doubled the next three holes because I was just like, holy cow, this is kind of cool. And um, I, I end up, I, I would probably wasn't supposed to, but these guys know I wouldn't answer the phone, so I was like, dude, I just got the craziest call ever. So it ended up being quite the celebration with that group of friends. You know, Quan. You know, you've had a you've, you've had a blessed career, being able to play professional baseball and professional football. And this day is a day in the lives of a lot of young professional football players that will end. Some of them will never play the game of football again. And it is a it is a hard day because I, I I know it well because you know with the New York Football Giants, I got cut on the last day. The cut day the cut time was four o'clock. I got cut at three forty five. The dude came to my room, and it was. <laughs> You know, I, I because your your highs are so high, yeah. and that low was well. I you know, will I try it again? Which I never did. What am I going to do? What is my career going to be like from this point on? But it is a day that a lot of young men who've been playing this game for a, for a long, long time that even had the chance to go to a football professional camp and be a part of preseason games. It's over. It becomes over with, and then your life has to move on. You either try it again or your life moves on. You know, you either start a family or you go work at, like I did, Bethlehem Steel. I mean, you go work in the yeah. steel mills and figure out in about nine months, this ain't what you want to do for the rest of your life. So it, it's a tough day for those out there. And I mean, you remember those days of, of being there and how important it was for you to continue on and, and try to continue on. But you, I, I have that special feeling for guys that this is over with for them. 
because some of them won't try again. Some of them won't get an opportunity to try again. Some of them will move on in their lives. And it is a tough day around the league for guys. You know, it is, man. You know, it's, it's two levels to it, Bucky. I, I had a weird story. When I got cut the first time, um, I was the freaking team captain of the Bengals or special teams. It was the weirdest freaking thing. And um, I don't know that me and Marvin ever really clicked. He, he was a different, he was a different breed. And, um, and their special teams, by the way, because I still keep in touch with their coach. He didn't even know about it. He was fired up and like going, what the, you, you just cut my captain? And, uh, and they struggled for a little bit in special teams after. The Bengals are rolling now, but when we were there, we weren't great, but our special teams was the best part of it, and defense got a little better. So, no, nah, man, it, it, that day is so wild. And you know what? I will say I was a little bit weird from a standpoint of I, I knew God blessed me with a certain you know, amount of ability, but I played football because it was almost like honoring God and giving me that ability versus – and I, but I knew that I didn't want to play it forever. I was a little small guy, smaller guy mm-hmm. for football, especially for the league, and I loved it, and it was competitive and and all of that. But I wanted that platform to didn't just kind of catapult me to the sure. to other things similar to what I'm doing at you know UT now or advocating for different players and all the above. And the irony of that is I had a long talk with Colt yesterday. You know, we, we, you know the Cardinals let him go, and honestly, I'll be honest, I, I sent him a text. I said congratulations because <laughs> one, <laughs> that organization sucks. Yeah, but two, man, the, the guy is twelve years in the league, um, four kiddos, and I, what I did not know that he told me yesterday, he sold his freaking house in Austin, so he's trying to figure that out. I was like, hey, man, we're pretty good spot up here in the burbs and see the park if you want to come. Um, but um, just figuring that life out. His kids are in school, you know, they can't just be uprooted. It, when you get to a certain point in your career, it becomes it becomes crazy, man. It becomes when you have families and all the above. Um, and kudos, I mean, similar, I think a little bit to me, almost looking forward to doing other things and trying to make a difference in life. That'll be cold. Cold to come back around here. Now, if they get a multi-year deal, I told him he better take it and tell Rachel and them to relax. But, um, <laughs> if he doesn't come back to Austin and there's going to be a freaking oh, absolute amount of things that he can do positively around this area for UT, even if that's what he chooses maybe even consider doing some TV stuff, but that's getting a little wacky. So, man, it is a tough day, whether whether you have a plan or not, because it's what you've lived with and done for so freaking long. But, and, well, and you put so much into it. Um, but I was fortunate enough to have some great mentors and present powers back in the day, Coach Brown, of course. And we talked a lot about that day. Uh, it doesn't happen like that a lot. Um, but you know what? Me playing baseball is why I had a different mindset. I right. played a professional sport and then came back to school, got my degree. So I was kind of always networking and thinking about, yep, you know what? This is going to end one day mm-hmm. um, and, and and try to take advantage of that perspective. And going to the great UT, uh, there's so many freaking alum and and uh, even lettermen and donors who, who, if you do it right, they're willing to give you opportunities to uh, make a good living. Yeah, that's so funny what you texted Colt because I agree 100%, right? Congratulations on getting out of the Arizona Ooh. Cardinals organization because they're, I mean, they're trying to tank, right? Like, yeah. e- e- even if Colt McCoy was there, they still have one of the worst rosters in the NFL and they had a shot to be one of, if not the worst teams in football. But now that they're turning to the guys that they're turning to instead of Colt, it's literally like, uh, hey, can we please get Caleb Williams here next year kind of Look, deal? You, you know what's weird is um, usually people try to hide when they try to tank. 
Yeah. They're so I mean, it's it's I did not think an organization get worse than my experience at Jacksonville. But Jacksonville's ball and they made the playoff. They, they, you know, they're putting and by the way, when I got to Jacksonville, that owner was only in the year two and he was trying to figure a lot out. Sure. But now you, you can see he's he wants to win, which is pretty cool. Arizona, it is um it's almost cringeworthy how bad they've kind of done. I mean, they had JJ. I mean, they actually had a pretty good roster a few years ago. And Cliff, uh, I, I really like Cliff as a person, but uh, Cliff Cliff made some tough choices, even yeah. bringing in Kyler Murray and that that dude. Just uh, I don't know that he made the. It, it was just it was a complete leadership just failure, failure. from the top <laughs> to the bottom. Yeah. It really was every layer. And, and you know, it's funny because we're in Texas. We don't hear about the drama of Mexico and all that stuff that kind of happened from the GM level and all the above. There's lawsuits within that organization. So they don't pick it up. They're going to be the next, you know, commander sale. They're going to get forced to sell. They're, they're, they're running it so bad. It's looking a little bit bad on the league. So, yeah, man, Colt, Colt I won't say what he said in response because he's a class act and, he, and what he said was classy, but he's—I yeah. don't think he's that um, sad. I don't—I don't—I don't think he lost a lot of sleep with, with that decision. But he also is a, a, a guy who spent 12 years in the league, has made a really good living. Yeah. And you know, you—if—if—if if, if, if you're sharp and you continue to do your work, I mean, even if your skills start to diminish at, at that position as a quarterback, they need a good, solid person to be the guy who come in and really stabilize what's going on. I mean, it doesn't mean you're going to win 14 games as a starting quarterback, as a backup, but you right. can stabilize things today until they can get it straight. But at that organization, as you said, it's not going to get straight for a while with the Bidwell <laughs> and the people who, who run the organization. You got It's just been junk. It's been garbage for a long time. It didn't just happen right. in Arizona. That's been, that's been like that for a long, long time. And as you said, I mean, when you were with Cincinnati, the Browns, that thing was a mess for a long, long time too. You know, you just you have to have the proper ownership. You go take your lumps, take your hits, you know, tank under the skies of trying to get better. But (laughs) but but get better. You know what I'm saying? Don't just tank and continue to tank every year. Tank so that you can get better. Don't tank so people can talk about you tanking every year. You know, (laughs) they tank and then have a horrible draft. Yeah. What are y'all doing (laughs) over there? I'm like, what did you tank for then? But the truth of the matter is this. And a lot of people don't talk about the business of the NFL. They're still making eight, oh. you know what amount of money, and 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 sadly, when I think about the league, which is why it, you know, you can say, oh well, you didn't get to play a receiver as much, or you didn't do no, that, that has nothing to do with it. You're still playing the game. You're still on the sideline. It has to do with the organizations. Um, the when, when you're with a good organization and they treat you like you're in the league, then like you, you know, like they care about at least football a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's cool. The Broncos was that for me. The Broncos organization, uh, the way Elway, who was the president at the time, ran it. I remember when I did my tryout for the Broncos, Elway was sitting here working out running lines. And then he's sitting there sweating all the way freaking to his belly. And then he watched the workout and was like, come on, Cosby, I remember you're at Texas. That's, we want to sign you and blah, 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 blah. And then it started. And that, that was a pretty cool deal. And just you know, to having chefs, this is what's so crazy. The little things we had a chef for breakfast, lunch. And if we had a late night dinner and just the way they, 
I mean, the, the places they put us up in, it was just a whole different experience versus, you know, the other two teams that I played for. Now, I will say Cincinnati, again, when we did have the CBA and they were forced to spend money, they've cleaned theirs up a lot. You know, I, I talked to players that are on that team now, and it's it's pretty cool, and I'm, I'm happy for them. And we've seen, again, what Jacksonville have done where they're winning and taking care of their teams better. But um, the organization matters, and, and, and some of them are – actually doing a better job and now you're seeing it's it's crazy how do a better job you get more competitive um the other ones like that one is is not and it's 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 a little rough from their standpoint yeah ownership matters the organization matters 100 legendary lifetime longhorn Quan cosby joining us here on texas sports unfiltered all right Quan, gotta ask you about this current texas football team man before we get the you know kind of all-encompassing thoughts and maybe your expectations for this crew in 2023 as i lose my voice and get it back <laughs> randomly uh man i want you to talk about this receiver room like you played with some talented receivers you mentioned some of the guys you played with in the league but also at texas with shipley with lima swede with billy Pittman, uh yes. nate jones just to name a few i mean there were some talented cats in that wide receiver room alongside you and obviously you're very much at the top of that list but this wide receiver room, man, it feels like you might have to go all the way back to when you were playing to where you had this much talent in that wide receiver group. Just talk about those guys and maybe your expectations for these receivers this year. Dude, I, I, I laugh because I joke a lot with BJ, Roy, and Sloan, and that was a great group as well. And and they, and, and we argue, as athletes do, about the receiver rooms and – we throw the numbers out and then they get pissed off and say, we didn't have that offense. <laughs> and we go at it. I was like, I caught 90 some balls and so did Shipley the same year. They're like, that's just, that's just crazy. Uh, and even, you know, the, the, the Wayne McGarry's and Kwame Cavill rooms, we've had some rooms in there, man. And so I say all that to say this from a production standpoint, we're time will tell from a on paper standpoint, maybe the best room we've ever had. And, and and I don't I don't say that lightly because I respect our rooms uh, I respect Roy's and the Kwamis and the, all the folks who have caught you know ninety plus hundred balls and and are you know put some skins on the wall but when I'm saying truly talent for talent and and, and also I'm not saying one two three one through three because again we'll give a we had some good rooms in there one through three but one through six these cats there's no drop offs to their freshmen and cook and then. You know, you have a guy who transfers from Georgia and has a couple of national championships and a touchdown in it, uh, and Mitchell, and uh, one of my favorites of all time. And he's a small-town dude, so there's a little bit of bias for that in Jay Witt. And Jay Witt haven't even reached his potential. I think he's going to have – you know, he's had, he had a good year last year, but I think he's going to have a true breakout year this season with, with, with a more experienced Quinn and line and all the things that come with it. And, and quite frankly, as much as we love Bijan, him being gone puts a little more pressure on the receivers. And then um, Worthy, you know, a, a veteran, as crazy as it sounds, a veteran Worthy who's going to destroy all of our records in, in the receiving room. And so, um, especially touchdowns. So, man, it is, again, one through six, there's not a better receiving room, in my opinion, in Texas history. And certainly, um, quite, quite frankly, between them and Ohio State, I think that they're one of the top two receiving rooms in the country. So, I have very high expectations for them, which leads me to the team. You know, I, I really like Sark. I think he's genuine. I think he gets it. 
I think he's that fit that we often talk about when it comes to being a coach at University of Texas. Um, but I think this is a very big season that, uh, you know, the farewell season for the Big 12, uh, which you ain't going to get any favors. There are going to be some folks coming at you like they always do. But the hell with that. They came at us too, you know, and, and, and we embraced that and, and, and took it as a challenge and no better time to get their best and whoop them in, at, you know, anyway. So I think getting to the Big 12 championship, and, and, and I think I can say that and confidently believe he feels the same way. Um, if they don't get there, it, I don't, I, you know, football is, is tough, as a, lot, a few coaches ago used to say. But um, I, if, if you're going to put yourself on that elite level, if you're going to go to that other league next year, you have to take care of business. You know, football's tough for Bama. Football's tough for Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan. These teams that, hell, football's tough for TCU last year. And, you know, Sonny got to the freaking natty in year one, which is, you just got to respect that, dude. So I think the combination of what's, what TCU did last year versus where we're going and all the above, and last but not least, the roster that we have, I think we, uh, it's, it's, it's Big 12 or, 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 or I'm not going to say fell season, but uh, it's certainly going to be a little disappointed if we don't reach that goal. Yeah, you know, I, I don't believe Sark has to reach his peak, but his trajectory needs to be moving upward before they head to the SEC. And and in that way, Quan, I, I believe this head coach is going to have to win a couple games by his play calling on what he does. And whether it's offense or defense, it's going to be on his decisions. I think we've seen enough of where the players want to do what the head coach wants them to do, and they can envision things happening, but they couldn't make it happen. This is, to me, is where the guy who gets the money makes a couple, wins a couple games for his football team where they execute everything just the way he wants it to be done, and it happens. And instead, in the fourth quarter where they, they don't get a first down and turn a ball back over to somebody who then later scores and you lose and you say, well, if we would have just done that, the head coach makes a call that everybody executes. He makes that call. He's the guy that we say at the end of the game. That guy won the game. The head coach just won this game for us. Forget the players. They play. They run these plays all the time. They execute these plays all the time. But in this instance, the head coach called a play or he called a timeout to help the defense or something happened where Sark has won the game. I think he's going to need two of those this year. And I think he's going to get two of those this year to get them to the championship uh, play in the Big 12. And I'll tell you, man, he's one of the best. I mean, the way he prepares for a game. I mean, we're beating the hell out of folks in the first two quarters. I mean, sure. we really are. So I'll take away the fourth quarter because if we have a better third quarter, the fourth quarter is not going to matter. I mean, we're up three, four touchdowns and end up losing games like we did to Caleb Williams in Oklahoma and other games. Now we lose close ones, but they shouldn't be close when you're up by three touchdowns. You're right. Like they really shouldn't. And so I'm with you. And, and, and my deal is the fourth quarter don't have to be that hard. If whatever adjustments, whatever whatever you do at halftime, I hell, I'm getting to the point where I'm saying just stay out there. Don't go in the locker room at halftime. Keep <laughs> keep the momentum. Just stretch and do some calisthenics. Because yeah. whatever we're doing at halftime is driving me crazy. I, I mean, that third quarter, our third quarter stats are they they're they're like oddly bad for an offense that looked unstoppable. You know that, and so. That, that's where I'm at, and, and, and for me, that development, to your point on showing progress on, you know, just the overall game plan or adjustments or 
you know, finding ways to beat teams and not put yourself in bad positions. Because again, these teams, as much as we, we always have, you know, a little bit of that Kool-Aid, they haven't won consistently. No. So don't put them in that position to where they're going to tighten up and find a way to lose a game. Now there's some of these, especially the Bama game. We didn't have a little, we certainly uh, took a little bit of, uh, on the chin with, with the guys and stripes, but, but even that, if you're up by two, three touchdowns, you can overcome that. So I've seen so much improvement. What banks have done with our special teams, dude, it is phenomenal. I mean, we saw that year one. I mean, they're sure. blocking kicks. I was at a scrimmage the other day. They blocked the kick. So it's not a, a fluke deal. They prepare and, and, and they're developing and getting better and taking pride in those little things. And, um, but like I said, Quinn's development matters, um, but but our O-line's a, a year older, so that's a big deal. We have capable RBs back there, I, even after losing, you know, Bijan and Roshan. And that third quarter, to me, will be the difference in the Big 12. Get, I'm not even saying go out and score another 21. Get 10, get 7. Just show that continue defense, make a few stops. Right. And, um, and, and I think they'll, they'll win more than they'll lose if, if we can figure that third quarter out. Yeah, I've got to follow up, Quan, because you mentioned you were at uh, the scrimmage a couple of days ago, and now I've got to know any any standouts, <laughs> any players that maybe Texas fans aren't talking about enough that you saw big thanks from, and that you now expect big thanks from this year. You know, I think uh, I certainly can say, and Sark has talked to it. We've been waiting on Collins to, to ball out. I mean, the guy has a top ten body. Yeah, I mean, he. It, I walk by and I'm like. I'm reminded why I was okay with being done with football. (laughs) Again, and I played with the Julius Peppers of the world and he's, he's looking like that. I just need the Julius Peppers motor and, and, and production. And so, and he, and he's also the one who blocked that kick and was fired up about it. So the defense balled out, you know, that first quarter, those first couple of guys going in didn't look great. Now they turned it on and, Quinn looked pretty good, hitting some long strikes to his guys and throwing a couple of touchdowns. But it looked, and this is what's so funny, we won a national championship, and Vince didn't win practice all the time. You know, Huff and all these cats, they whooped our butt sometime, and we whooped their butt sometime. I'm not saying they look like a national championship practice like like we used to have and compete on that level, but they were competing on that level. I mean, our D-line was smashing our O-line at one point. And then our old line was getting fired up and there's even some helmet throws and just fun practice stuff that looks so familiar. And so the, the competition w- was real. Uh, it, it really was. Uh, a couple of young guys were, they're in the mix, man. And when I talk about the receiver, you know, um, core, you know, the cooks of the world, they don't look like freshmen. You know, they're, they're out there competing, running good routes and that's kudos to our new receivers coach. And so, um, it's I saw a lot and that's I'm almost a little bit nervous because that was a practice and you want to see guys in all the above but what it confirmed is we have the capable cats we, we, we really do and some some may play some may drop some got picks it was um some that you know they're going to be in the mix like the forwards uh thank god he came back at linebacker and he 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 knows he had an unbelievable year last year. We all do. But, again, it, it's, it wasn't a fluke. I mean, it, it, these guys are, are, are working their butt off, and 
And, and that's what I saw. I mean, I left uh, probably right at the fourth quarter because it was a full full day and it was hot as all get out out there. <laughs> but it, it was it was cool, man. And, and and it was cool to see them develop or uh, developing on that level and really competing on that level. Well, you know, it's it's you know, BK said last week, uh, you know, it maybe it is that time where they play for the the name on the front of the jersey instead of the name on the back of the jersey. You know, there comes a time when you're when you're a when you're at your university, or I don't care if you're Pop Warner or your high school, where you you quit worrying about what they talk talk to you about, and they're telling you how good you are. Everybody starts to look at the name in the front, and they play as as a group, and that's in all aspects, and they and they behave and they act that way on the field and off the field, maybe they're at that point. Maybe the head coach, as he says, I, I, I see them as looking like the team I thought I, I, I envisioned them to be. Yeah. And that's on the field, off the field. That's, you know, in, in meeting rooms, guys aren't jacking around. They're paying attention. They're understanding what film study is all about. Maybe they're at that point right now. Maybe that's what you see with that competition on no, the practice that's, field. That's a good point. One of the things I talked about not long ago, and I think I left and I was talking to Bianco and I said, man, this feels different. And, and, for me, there's a few things, y'all, and especially talking to y'all in a while, I always said, we got some guys, but the coach are still not there. And certainly back in, in the Herman era, I was like, oh, God. Well, he actually had some pretty damn good recruiting classes, but mm-hmm. the culture just wasn't there. Right. Um, it's a different culture in Phil. It's a work culture. And, you know, it's funny because the quarterbacks always get the love. So you want to talk about Manning being on campus, which I think that's going to absolutely help Malik. And Quinn, because the Mannings, you just got to give them their due. They prepare differently. Right. They're, they're pros in middle school, dude. They just, it's who they are. So Manning being in there and being a, a film crazy person is going to trickle down to the rest of the QBs and players. Um, he doesn't have to start. What he needs to do is, is be that leader, you know, even on the sideline, getting all the help, giving all the help he can. Um, I'm watching and developing himself psychologically and getting ready for the college game. And then again, Ford coming back, having some older guys. We've been missing culture and leadership, in my opinion. We've had some players, but culture and leadership has been absent. And I think that's where we are now. Uh, mm-hmm. th- these guys really, truly want to win. They're not shy to talk about winning championships. I mean, they said it and you know, maybe behind the scenes and all of that. But I don't. I just didn't always see that level of of worth ethic. And I, I think Vince went to a scrimmage the other day, and I think Worthy kind of walked off the field or dropped his helmet, and Vince got on his butt about that. And I think there was a time where, not that it was a level of disrespect, but they just didn't honor that interaction. And Worthy mm-hmm. was like, "Boom, let me pick this up." You're right. That championship level culture matters. Picking up the helmet, those little things. By the way, if you get used to and make that your norm, you won't right. tighten up as much in the fourth quarter. You're ready for it because the little things is what it's about. I mean, at that moment when the clock is running down, that's go time, not piss down your leg time. Right. And that's the culture that I feel is developing slowly but surely. Um, again, I'm not saying we're going to go win a natty, and that'd be pretty damn sweet. But I am saying they're going to give this Big 12 a run for its money. And culturally, I believe it now. I was hopeful yeah. before, but what I saw in that scrimmage, what I see culturally through Sark, the coaching staff, and all the above, and they're different than ours. And it takes me a little – honestly, it took me a second 
and a conversation with Huff to kind of respect that. Um, but uh, there's there's reason to believe that it's just different over there, and it's certainly easy to see. I love hearing that. Quan, we know you're busy, so we'll let you go with this one. If I'm not mistaken, the un- induction is, what, September 15th, and then you guys yeah. are going to be honored the day after at the Wyoming game on the 16th. If Sark hits you up on that Saturday and is like, I need you out there, how many catches, how many yards, how many touchdowns for Quan Cosby in 2023? Shoot. Hey, I, I, I'd have to probably decline and say, hey, Speeth, how about you hit me up? Let's go golf. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Another member of it. His dad bod is not getting – again, I walked by Collins and was like, oh, Lord, I used to do this? <laughs> and, and I also was out there looking at the freaking – sitting on that heat and going, how did we do this? Yeah. But, um, no, man, that would be so cool. Like, I'd give him a good series. <laughs> and then I'd need some oxygen and an IV. Oh, yeah. Get a helicopter off the damn thing. But, no, man, it's so fun. And, and that was a cool piece of being fired up. Um, I always am during this season. It's freaking game week, but um, uh, man, I'm so fired up for Coach and and, and, the, and the players out there. And, and like I said, one, one of my favorite, Jay Witt. I'm hoping he catch 80 balls this year and and and, and finish strong. So uh, hey, always appreciate you, cats, man. Uh, good friends and always a great job, Brad. I think you're coming back this way, so I'm pumped about that as well. And Bucky. Keep your damn clothes on, and if we're gonna. <laughs> oh yeah, I I just I just walk up the steps and do do the show now. <laughs> hey, please keep that camera up where it is. There you go. <laughs> Quan, it's always good to talk. Always to good, you. man. Hook him, baby. Stay safe, man. Thanks, Quan. Hook him. Great seeing you. All right, there he goes, the legendary lifetime Longhorn Quan Cosby. Once again, just announced. And he is part of the 2023 Longhorn Athletics Hall of Honor class. He will be inducted on September 15th and once again honored during the September 16th game against Wyoming. That, of course, week three of the college football season. Many thanks to Quan for his time. That's good stuff right there, well, man. I mean, I love having these guys on when we do, you know, Texas uh, sports unfiltered because we can have them as long as we need to. We don't have to run off and say, well, we got, you know, we got another two minutes. You got to go. You know, we had Ricky, we had Quan, we've had guys for 40 minutes. This is this is what people like to hear. They like to hear the intricacy, intricacies of, of what football is like as a player and what you see. He gets to go over to the practices. He gets that feel that we really – we don't get that feel, but he's there. He understands. He's around these players. You know, he's around that locker room. And this is, this is nice to hear about this culture and having that feeling of the, these guys – they get it. They're starting to play for that for that name on on the front instead of the name in the back. And it's about winning for the university. You know, the win for the university is going to be a win for you. That's as Quan. You know, Quan is flying all over the country and doing things with the alums all over the country. It's a win for you because you may not play this game. You know, in the long run, this may not be the game. Only that small that you know less than one percent make it into the NFL. But it's the people that you meet. It's the 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 friendships that you value throughout your process of college, they're going to go a long, long way. You know that. You know that from just being at UT and the kind of people that you've come in contact with. These 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 relationships last forever, and they last until it's time for you to get a gig, get a job, do what you want to do, have a, have a, have a wonderful family. But that kind of culture builds in your life, too. And, I mean, it's good to hear Quan say that. You know, it yeah. really, really is. On the other end of being hit and – having your body hurt, that's not going to happen with me unless I unless somebody runs me over on the sideline because 
thanks to relax the back and my friends at relax the back, <laughs> I can sit back in comfort and not worried about Terry Tate office linebacker coming across the room and knocking me out. And I'll tell you what, relax the back has been doing this for years for me. I look for, I look for help for years. And I finally found that 35 years of proven expertise and my back has never been happier. And don't forget the Tempur-Pedic uh, sales that they have over at Relax the Back. It's not just about the chairs. It's about the massage chairs, the, the right size fitted pillows just for you. Don't get that, that kink in your neck, you know what I'm saying, at night while you're sleeping. They have wonderful pillows. They have stand-up desks. They have everything that you need at Relax the Back. And you can live pain-free like I do at Relax the Back. They've got a store in Bee Caves at the Hill Country Galleria, across from Whole Foods, and in Austin at the Gateway Shopping Center right across from the container store. I love those folks at Relax the Back. And I'm feeling good. And Quan, I'm not, I'm like you. I'm not worried about jumping out there. Nobody's going to ask me any series. They may ask me to take a putt for them somewhere, but I'm not taking a hit for anybody. No, nobody wants to see that. People would want to see Quan Cosby wear a Texas uniform one more time. Nobody wants to see you on the field. Man. I can put coaching gear on and stand on the sideline. I can coach them up. But you know could what you? I told you? I told you I walked across the field in that high school game in that heat. I don't know if I could stand out there for three, four hours and just stand. I don't yeah. think I can get enough fluids in me to last with the whole football game. That's why I asked. Like, uh, that, you know, Quan doesn't know if he could play more than a series. I don't know if you could coach more than a series out there, dude. <laughs> Come on, uh, man. Nice, uh, nice transition into that relax the back read, by the way. I was wondering where you were going with that. But, hey, speaking of relax the back, it is Tuesday. Yes. Normally we do it at 8.15, but obviously we had the chance to talk to legendary <laughs> lifetime Longhorn Quan Cosby. That's going to shuffle up our show a little bit. But the kids still need a tip today, bud. Yes, do you have do. another tip for kids in the car line? I do. Brought to you by our good friends at Relax the Back. You know, this is going on the third week in this in this area and maybe around the country where kids are headed back to school. And for you young kids, you already know that there's a certain young man or a certain young girl that wants to get to join into your group. They've been eyeballing you and your friends for the last three weeks. It's that time. It's that time to take on that new friend. It's that time to give them an opportunity to be a part of your group. You know, a lot of kids will look at them and say, well, this is my group. That's it. Nobody else can come in. We don't take on outsiders right now. But you all know, and, and kids do, and, and I've, I've learned that through my life about bringing in what you call an outsider. Bring them into the fold. Give them an opportunity to be a part. Have them come over, sit with you at lunchtime, whether you're going on campus or off campus. Invite them to spend some time with you. See if they can be a part of that group, that that the in crowd that they want to be with, mm. you know, and I, you know, I grew up in, when I grew up in Pennsylvania, there was, you know, there was a group that was over here, the group that was over there. It was like the, you know, the sharks and whatever, you know, like West side story, you know, you couldn't get into that group. You couldn't get into that group, but in this day and age, welcome people that want to be a part of your group. Don't, don't turn them away. Don't turn them away. Do what you yeah. can to help that person because that person's very interested or that young guy, that young gal, very interested and what goes on in your little group. Invite them in. They may not want to stay. Your group may not be that good. may not be as great as you think it is, but give them an opportunity because they're standing on the outside wanting to be on the inside or want to have the opportunity to be on. Let them make the decision one if they want to gather with your gang and your group. I mean, I call them gangs, but it's just a group. It's just a group of, of kids. You yeah. know, when you go to lunch, there's that certain group that's over there, and it doesn't seem like anybody can get in there. But there's always that one little kid that's standing out there looking over there. And, man, I wish I could go over there and join them. Invite that person in. Doesn't mean you have to keep them in. You trying to promote, you're trying to promote gang violence here? No. You're telling these kids to join no. gangs? 
I'm, not, I'm telling them to join your group. Join your fellow student, your fellow students. How's that? Hey. Join your fellow students. Invite your fellow students in to be a part of you. That's Nothing that's great that. advice, that's, Buck. That's not for just kids. That's for adults too. That's exactly you know? what I was gonna say, man. Like it's never a bad time to make a new friend. Absolutely, uh, making uh, friends uh, is a good thing. Yep, and you know, too many people. It's not just kids who are clicky and have their groups and crews. It's sure. people of all ages who are like that. So, yeah, never a bad time to make a new friend. I like that. That's a great three, tip. Three weeks in, three weeks in, it's about that time. They've been looking over your shoulder. They've been wondering you and your buddies. You know, what is it that you guys do after school? What are you? What are you guys doing? I mean, wh what are we doing? You know, we got this class assignment in there. Can I join in and help you guys out? Maybe they're going to help your click. Maybe they're going to help your group. You know, you just don't you don't know until you give them that opportunity. Invite them in. Yeah, maybe they'll help you with homework. Maybe they'll let you cheat on them on a test. Maybe they'll <laughs> hey, let you copy. Maybe they'll let you notes. drive their car. Yeah, come, come on, on man. man. There's benefits to that. Uh, how about BK's tip for kids today? Oh no! Oh no! Yeah, this is good. Okay. On your way home from school today, tell mom or tell dad that you need a Slurpee. Yeah, now you're that, talking. That's what we're talking about. Go to 7-Eleven to fuel up for summer, to fuel up for football season, to fuel up for after school. You deserve it, kids. You've been going through a lot through the first few weeks of school. Yes, you have. Go get you that Slurpee, the Big Gulp, the nachos, the taquitos, the hot dogs, the snacks, whatever. They've got it all at 7-Eleven. Of course, 7-Elevens are all over Central Texas. They're all over the Metroplex. They're all over Houston as well. There's got to be one near you. Shout out to our guy, Ashish. Big Texas fan, big Texas sports unfiltered fan as well. He runs three Austin area 7-Eleven locations, the Monterey Oaks one, the Bee Cave and 361, and the one on Lake Austin as well. Spent a lot of money at those places over the years. They've got you covered. Make sure you download that 7-Eleven app to cash in on the 7 Rewards program as well. Shout out to our friends at 7-Eleven for their great sponsorship. I love that. And kids, if you've got an opportunity or five or six minutes of your time, make sure you write a letter to this guy right here. That's the captain. If the captain hears from you, he will return to the New York Yankees. Just the thought of you kids writing a couple letters to the captain right there, Derek Jeter, that catapulted this team to victory yesterday. Good job, kids. Keep up the good work. Wait, there are no kids in Austin, Texas, or anywhere in the state of Texas writing letters to anybody, but sure as hell they're not writing handwritten letters to Derek Jeter right now, the dude. Captain, come That's on. you. You're just doing like kids handwriting and misspelling a bunch of words <laughs> to try to make it look like you're a kid, but you're the guy who's writing those notes to Jeets these days, man. We got that win. Thank you, kids. Thank yeah. you for your help yesterday. Yeah, congrats on we playing the Tigers. We smacked the team around yesterday. The Tigers suck, Buck. <laughs> So do the Yankees. Oh. Uh, back back to some of Quan's comments. We'll we'll talk some more baseball in the uh, nine o'clock hour. We'll get into what Sark had to say in response to Big Twelve Commissioner Brett Yormark a little bit later in the show as well. But how about Quan saying this might be the best wide receiver room the University of Texas has ever had? And he brought up some of the names of former receivers, and there have been a lot of damn good ones here at Texas in the past, but just the compilation of talent and depth that Steve Sarkeesian has been able to put together. Quan doesn't throw shit around randomly, right? No, no, like, no. He's going to call it how he sees it, and he's saying this group has a chance to do something really, really special this year. He also says they have to win, and they need some numbers, and they have to be consistent catching the football when the ball hits them in the hands. Quan's group didn't drop passes. They made catches. They made the difficult catch. They made the easy catch. This group has to prove that they can be consistent with their hands, consistent with their routes. So 
it is it's it's going to be interesting to see because they they've got all the potential, all the talent in the world, and if their quarterback and the wide receivers are on the same page, guess what will happen? It may be one of the best receiving cores, or maybe the best in UT's history. But I need to see the numbers. I need to see the consistency, and and some of these guys won't. Some of these guys leave after this year, or probably will leave. But there are others that will return, and no better way to get consistent than on your way out of the Big Twelve, you know, and playing in a championship game and having a quarterback that can lead lead the way with throws, and you lead the way with making the catch. Your job is to catch the ball, you know. Your job is that when it hits you in the hands, you make the catch. You make the catch and the run. And group, and Quan's group could catch and run. Quan could catch the ball, or he could block or or throw a crack back block that would shake up your teeth. I mean, these guys did all of this stuff. They did all the little, the little things, you know. And and but the most important things is they made the plays. And this is what this group has to do. They need to make the plays. Agreed. And I mean this in the nicest way possible, Buck. I hope a lot of these receivers are gone after this year. It's not because I don't like them. It's not because I don't want them at the University of Texas. It's because I want them to have such good seasons to where the NFL wants them to. Like, that's a sign of a healthy program. If you have guys – look, some of these guys have to leave, right? Isaiah Nayor, I think, is a senior. He's going to have to go. Jordan Whittington's a senior. He's going to have to go. But eh, some of the other guys, like Xavier Worthy, you're seeing him in the first round of some of these 2024 mock drafts. I hope Xavier Worthy goes, and I hope it's because he's going to be a first-round pick next April, right? Same thing with A.D. Mitchell, you know, like – He's put together a couple of national championship years at Georgia. Injuries have been an issue for him. Now he's got an opportunity. He's been incredible throughout the course of fall camp. A chance for him to go out and have a really good year and maybe be a top three-round draft pick in the NFL. So that's what I'm looking for, man. Like, I hope – and that happens with the production that Quan's talking about, that you're talking about. Like, yeah, on paper, this wide receiver room is really good, and all of these dudes have potential to be Sunday players, but they got to go out there and put up the numbers on Saturday to prove that they are worthy – no pun intended for Xavier of being an NFL player. And they've got the chance with a really, really good season to uh, go make some money after 2023. Yeah. And you know, as as much as we want to root for Alfred Collins for you and I, it's let's just wait and see. It it still is. It's, it still is for us because basically it's, there's nothing wrong with him physically. It's, I mean, he's moved around and we can talk about how he's moved from this position to that position. But that guy, no matter where he steps on a football field, he should be good at what he does. It doesn't matter. If they put him at defensive end, we can say, well, he doesn't have the quick twitch. You know, his, his, his core, you know, his, his lower body doesn't have that kind, of, that kind of movement. No, that guy is built like a brick shit house, and he should be able to play like one. He should be playing anywhere, anywhere he wants. If he, had, if he was the next guy beside Ford at linebacker, he should be good at it. We should be talking about that guy just knocked the crap out of this dude. Those are the things we should be saying. We shouldn't be talking about, well, when he's going to show up in this game. He had a nice series. Will he show up in, in game number three, or is he done for two games? I mean, there, he just has that. That needs to be – that's out there for him. But I'm still wait and see. I, I, that's the only thing I can say about him. Yeah. How about Quan letting us know that Alfred Collins blocked a kick in that scrimmage the other day? That's pretty cool. So it's not just on defense where Collins oh, – yeah is making his mark and fall. Oh, hell, he's eight he's, feet tall and, with the, and, the, yeah. and the wingspan on him, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's uh, apparently making plays on special teams too, which that would be great. And I'm glad Quan brought up special teams as well, right? Because you, you think of Mac Brown's heyday at the University of Texas. It felt like Texas was consistently one of, if not the best, special teams units in all of college football. 
And God, they were blocking. Felt like they were blocking a punt or a kick every other week. I mean, it was ridiculous. They were doing more than one in games. They were going after them all the time. Yeah, it was just ridiculous how good Texas was at special teams. And look, it's sometimes underappreciated and under-talked about, but it can change games, right? That hidden yardage that you see in special teams, like that goes a long way into uh, whether or not Texas is really good. Zay and I were talking about that a little bit yesterday from one to three. Like, you've got to have that special teams button up because that can be the difference in winning a conference championship or not and texas went out there and they got a good punter right punting was an issue for this team last year i know right. you know ad mitchell is getting more headlines and gavin holmes is getting more headlines and trill carter like all of those other players that texas brought in who play on offense or defense uh, more longhorn fans have been talking about them this offseason but man ryan sanborn the kid from stanford who's a four-year player out there like he's looked really really good and, and that type of guy I mean, we saw it with Michael Dixon. I'm not saying Sanborn's going to be that, but if you have like a, a weapon as a punter, that makes life a whole hell of a lot easier for your football team, too. So, yeah, it, it feels like Stark, and I'll give Jeff Banks some credit, too. It feels like they've put a lot of emphasis on getting their special teams figured out. They were solid at times last year, but I feel like they've got a chance to be Mac Brown level elite in that facet this year. That's awesome because you're talking about changing field position, and not only because I count them. I, I count them as a separate unit, but I always I always tend to count, you know, punt blocking and things like that. Punt returning is field position changes, and I I give the defense a lot of credit, even though you may have some offensive players. But this is that's that's part of the defense for me to give that offense great field position and and, and an offense that we're going to wonder how the run game is. So give them great field position at the forty going in sometime, uh, a couple times during the course of the game. They should be able to take care of that. Anytime you're on the, the opposing team's 40 going in, that to me, that's not a field goal. That should be a touchdown. That's where you make touchdowns. You drive that ball from that point in and you score touchdowns. And the defense will have a lot to do. And the special teams will have a lot to do with that blocking punch, punt returns. Those are very important, uh, integral parts of what you do as a football team. But I include that as part of my defense. I always do. So, hmm. And that's a part of what the defense, because most of those guys, there'll be some offensive players, maybe the punt returner. But most of the guys on that deal will be defensive players. So uh, the things that they learn defensively should carry over to the, the punt and punt return team. So that's going to be a, an awful lot of fun, and especially with the kind of the depth that they have in, in the return game. And I wouldn't be surprised if some of these young guys in that secondary, because some of these cornerbacks, that those are the, those are the positions that they play when they were in high school. They weren't just cornerbacks. Those guys are punt returners, kickoff returners. I mean, that can change the fate of your football team, as you said, get you – in a Big 12 championship game and win you some regular season games because of what you do with your special teams. Yeah, I wonder what the return game is going to look like for Texas, right? Yeah. I mean, you saw Xavier Worthy returning some punts last year. Deshaun Jameson obviously was a big-time return man for this team. Sometimes Rojo would be back there as well over the right. last couple of years. Well, most of those dudes are gone. Obviously, Xavier Worthy's back, so he might have the first crack at that role this season. We did hear from some insiders that Jontae Cook was getting some opportunity to return punts in the scrimmage this past weekend. So maybe that's a way the five-star freshman can impact the game this year. Yeah, there are a lot of skill position talent on this Texas football team. We'll see what the return games look like. But I think Sark and Jeff Banks and company, they've got a lot of options for who they can trot back there for both punt returns and for kick returns this year. They've got a lot of talent because they have a lot of athletes and really fantastic athletes, whether they're receivers, running backs, secondary kids. I mean, they got players all over the place that will fit the mold of of a pretty good punt returner or kickoff returner that's going to help them. They just have to find them. And that's generally – the funny thing about that, 
you generally find those guys when they're just jacking around, throwing balls to each other. You know, some guy will run back there. I mean, Ricky Williams at one time was back there returning kickoffs until one of my fellow coaches said, get him the hell out of there. <laughs> Do not that wasn't you? That wasn't you who went up to Makovic and was like, dude, I need that guy in my no. running back room. I learned that a long, long time ago. I had a, a running back named Troy Stratford at, at Boston College who was the rookie of the year for the Miami Dolphins when he went off into the NFL. I put him back. He was the starting running back at Boston College. I put him back because I was the special teams punt and kickoff returner. I put that dude back there as a kickoff returner, and in game one, he whacked his knee. They hit him in the leg, and he was out for like four games. That was it for me. I never put a returner. Only only returners I put back on special teams were guys like Kelvin Martin as a punt returner, and that worked pretty well for him at uh, with the with the uh, with Boston College and the uh, Dallas Cowboys. So yeah. I didn't do that with running backs after after that. Even the running backs that I knew that could go back there and make things happen, I was like, no, coach, we can't do that. We can't afford yeah. to put a starting running back as your kickoff returner or punt returner. Now, one of these lame wide receivers, stick their ass back there and let them get hurt. But you can't let my running backs get hurt. They got to play all the time. We can find a wide receiver. We can just call up somebody to play wide receiver. We can't just get anybody back there. Like you think the NFL, a fourth rounder can go back there and get it done. In college, you can't do that. You can't take your starting running back and get him hurt. That's a no-go. No, you can't. That would be like taking B. John Robinson and sticking him back last year as your kickoff. You can't. Can you imagine that? Could you imagine going back in the Alabama game and seeing Bijan Robinson back there returning to kickoff? If you were a fan, you would be screaming down to Sark and to Banks, going, "What in the hell are you two doing?" I would have been I mean, that, terrified. That, oh yeah, the, the president Hartzell would call you up on the sideline and say, "What are you doing, coach?" <laughs> oh, if I was if I was an Alabama player, I'm going for the legs right oh, there. Oh, for sure. I'm taking those 15 yards, and I'm trying to knock Bijan out of the game. Oh. It's like, really? You're putting this dude on special teams? Oh, okay. You're giving them an extra shot. I mean, there are, there, are, there are teams that still do it. I mean, you know, you've seen it happen. I mean, at Alabama, I've got to believe that they're running back. Uh, the kids at Detroit right now. Oh, Gibbs? Gibbs. I, I, I swear I've seen him return kickoffs before, yeah. and that dude was a starter. And if Nick Saban can do it, nah, I don't know. Any, but Nick Saban probably had a stable full of guys like that, probably six more guys at the running back position just like that. So, yeah, you can afford to do that. But a place like Texas, you couldn't afford to put a guy like Bijan back there. That's nuts. That's why I don't like to see Worthy back there. Yeah. I know we. I know they got a room full of wide receivers, but they don't have a room full of that guy. I'm with you. I'm with you. you. Know? Hey, speaking of great athletes, Mike Harge. Hardball Harge in the building this morning. What's up, Harge? Harge is out there. Come on now. Come on now. Um, you're right, man. Like I look, Jonte Cook, to me, that role is perfect for him if he can sure. do it, right? Like, I don't want to throw somebody back there who can't catch the ball. But, yeah, you don't want to do it. And plus a freshman and wreck his career. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, you got to throw somebody back there. Like, obviously, there's an injury risk. There's an injury risk in every single play. But I understand if you throw a guy out there for punt or kick return, the chances of that goes up a little bit more. But, you know, like, Xavier Worthy's more important to the success of the Horns in 2023 than John Tay Cook is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we're talking about a guy who's been here three years, a guy who's already put up really good numbers at Texas versus a guy who has yet to play a game for the University of Texas. So, like, those are the two options. Guys trying to make his mark, and maybe that's where he makes his mark and then finds his way into some games. It shows you that 
you know, he may be young enough, but he's good enough. So that that's what you do. That's what you find out about young players is, is the special teams. And that's not just returners. That's guys running down there, getting off of tackles and making plays, making teams fumble the ball. That's what you find out about your young guys. When you're recruited this level and you're getting all these five stars that probably end up playing positions the, the, the following year or even as a freshman, they don't stick around for four and five years. They're gone. And if you keep recruiting at that level, you expect to replace them the next year anyway. So you get them in the games that help you win the games. You get them in the games. You don't say, well, I'm going to wait till he's a sophomore before I put him on the special teams. Hell no. If that guy is athletic enough to go down there, get off blocks and makes plays, then you got to put him in the game because that benefits your football team. Agreed. Agreed. That's why you recruit five stars. That's why yep. you go into their home and tell them how you're going to make them a great special teams player. You know, their mom and dad don't know that. They think they're going to be position players. Oh, no, dad. He's going down on the kickoff team to start. You, you tell know? the parents that? No, I don't tell them that. Hell no. I've never no. told him he's going to make a good special teams player. I said, he. I'm going to make him a star at his position. But when I get them, they belong to me. And then I start doing things that I need to do to win games because that's what it's all about. It's about winning the games. It's, yeah. not about, it's not about making them the stars. It's about winning the football games. And that's what Texas has to do. So they need every player, every position. If, if they're capable and they have a purpose, find the purpose for them and get them in the games. Yeah. Don't say the quiet part out loud, Brett Yormark. Don't, yeah, no do don't go into a parent's house and say, yeah, we need your kids as a gunner on special teams. No, don't say that. Say, no, nah, we need your kid to be a great receiver for us or a great defensive back for us. And he's going to be the reason we win a national championship at the University of Texas. That I'm guy. Sorry. Yeah, we need, we need your kid as a gunner. Hope that's okay. Thanks, Mom. Thanks, Dad. I appreciate that. All right, Buck, before we uh, shift gears and talk about what Sark had to talk about in regards to Brett Yormark's comments last week, let's uh, give some shout-outs to some of our great sponsors, including one of our newest sponsors, our friends out at Covert Bee Cave. I see you're rocking the Covert hat today. Yes, Looking sir. sharp, my friend. Yeah, no doubt about it. Since 1909, the Covert family's been selling cars and trucks in Central Texas, and right now out there nestled amongst 42 beautiful acres out in Bee Cave there, Bee Cave, Texas. Copeford Bee Cave has three new state-of-the-art auto dealerships carrying seven brands, Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and, of course, Ram. And there's something out there for all of you. They've got 86 service bays throughout, and time is at minimal. You're not going to be sitting out there for hours on end because they have a beautiful location, BK. You and I have been out there. And it is absolutely fantastic. And while you're out there, say hello to Dan Covert, say hello to Mike and Stacy and the whole gang. And do remember this: they've got Ford in Hutto, Covert Ford in Hutto, and of course Ford Lincoln and Austin out there at 183. Say hello to all the folks out there, and nobody beats a Covert deal. Not now, not ever. Not ever. Yeah, great people as part of the Covert Auto Group. And you mentioned it yesterday. We'll keep mentioning it next Friday. The day yeah. before the Alabama game, we are going to be out at Covert Bee Cave. Lunch will be provided by our friends at Smokey Moe's. We'll yeah, be talking man. some football. A legendary lifetime Longhorn is going to join us next Friday. I don't think we can tell you exactly who that is just yet. but We, we can really do it. Know. We really can if we need to. If need be, he's there. He's he's automatic. He's in. Oh, should, we, should we tell the people? Yeah. Let them know who's coming out. Now nah, you tell them. Michael Griffin. That's right. The one and only Michael Griffin, a thousand years in the NFL, one of the hardest hitting safety cornerbacks that I've ever seen play the game. A guy who 
went to Bowie High School and was absolutely fantastic and a fantastic dad and a fantastic young man. And I can't, I, I mean, I, I look forward to getting to have a conversation and he's going to join us next Friday between 1130, 11.45. We're only going to be out there about an hour because we know you people, you people on a Friday want to eat and then you want to go back to work. You want to go back to your employers. You no, know, nobody no? wants to go work on Fridays. Nobody no? ever works on Fridays. Yes. Not in this city. Unless oh, Austin has changed over the last two years while I was down in H-Town. Nobody does jack shit on Fridays here. Well, I know what they're doing this Friday. They're hunting pigeons. They're out shooting birds as dove season starts, and that's the reason why we're not there this Friday. But next Friday, we're treating the Bama game like a home game, so we're inviting all you folks to come on out to B-Cave, to Covert Out and B-Cave. Join us. Have a little lunch. Talk some football. Talk to us about individual players, what you expect of this, this Longhorn team, and that's leading right into the next day, which will be Roll Tide. Hopefully not Roll Tide. No, no Roll Tide. Just Hopefully we'll be rolling the tide in absolutely. Tuscaloosa. Looking yeah, excited forward. about that. Yep, the legendary Lifetime Longhorn, part of the 2005 National Championship team, two-time Pro Bowler in the NFL, the great Hard Michael Griffin. Dude, man. Yeah, oh, man. Super talented player, hard hitter, great in coverage. The guy could do it all on the football field, and we'll get the chance to talk some ball with Michael Griffin next Friday. Really looking forward to that. And it's an open invitation to all of you people you out people, there. Yes. Come see us, Covert and B-Cave. Uh, yeah, lunch will be provided. Good times will be provided as well. Should be a ton of fun. Thanks again to the Covert Auto Group for their partnership with us. And also, thanks to SentexTickets.com. Tomorrow morning, during Bucky and BK. We are going to be giving away a pair of tickets for that Texas Rice game coming up on Saturday. All right. Tomorrow morning at some point between 8 to 10, our friends at Sentex Tickets are hooking you up with a pair of tickets to see the Longhorns take on the Rice Owls. All you have to do, be subscribed to the channel. You'll have to be watching tomorrow. You'll have to like the video. You'll have to leave a comment. We'll give you more details about how this thing is going to work tomorrow morning. But uh, if you want your chance to win a pair of tickets, for the season opener this weekend, you got to be tuned in to Bucky and BK. Shout out to our friends at SyntexTickets.com. If you're looking for tickets to any Longhorn game this year, any college football game across the country, doesn't just have to be UT, you can find them over there at SyntexTickets.com. They are the, the trusted source and your trusted source for the best tickets you can get all across the country. Hey, you know what? We've got a lot of things happening tomorrow. I mean, we have the one and only Adam Wagner talking some fantasy football. Nobody liked, Nobody is like the Wags when it comes to fantasy football. He can gear you in. He can tell you about all the number one picks. Buck cannot tell you about that. I can tell you about who I would take, but it won't work in the fantasy world because I would take Patrick Mahomes, every quarterback I could find. But in the fantasy football, it just doesn't work that way. They don't score enough points, obviously. Patrick Mahomes doesn't score enough points, folks. He can't get you anything in your PPS league or your PPL or your DVD league or whatever it is that you're in. Don't worry about Patrick Mahomes. Take him in the eighth round. It's It won't be worth it to you. Or Aaron Rodgers, because the quarterbacks don't mean much. BK's telling me that. So Your DVD league. Oh, there's not a DVD. There's all kinds of – there's in there PPLs and PPPs and PhDs and PED leagues. I mean, they don't have those. Oh, I don't know if there's a PED league. That'd be fun. You can only draft players who have been popped for steroid suspensions in their careers. wonder who the number one pick is there. DeAndre Hopkins? Oh, maybe? come on now. 
Peyton Manning, if he was still in the league, he could be the number one pick. Oh, sorry, that was his wife's HGH. Oh, my yeah, bad. that's right. That's Her forehead good. was that big, too, clearly. Uh, yeah, PPR is what you're looking for, Buck. PPR. Oh, okay. Yes. Point per reception. There you go. Yeah. Fantasy football lingo. I'm looking forward yeah. to hearing Wags talk some fantasy football. And then hopefully he doesn't have to talk about his Baltimore Orioles. Those birds, speaking of shooting birds this weekend, you can't shoot Orioles. That's a species that you're not allowed to shoot, I don't believe. No, no I don't believe so either. We will get into some baseball a little bit later. And, yes, Wags will be joining us tomorrow morning as well to help you win your fantasy football drafts and hopefully win your fantasy football leagues. I didn't even ask you, do you play fantasy? Are you in a league? Do you do anything? No. You got no time to for that. Man, I used to be like, uh, man, really? in high school and in college, like I was the guy who was in four or five leagues every single year. I was a fantasy junkie. And then it was getting to the point where it was just taking over my life. And I'm like, I'm going to take a year off. I'm going to give myself a break. Just I'm playing too much fantasy. I care about this too much. It's consuming my life. I got to focus on other things. And I took that year off. This was one year in college. And dude, I loved it. I like, you love I that year away from it? Oh, I didn't miss it at all. I loved football even more. Like, Buck, you and I are the type of guys, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of people watching and listening to us right now are like this too. We could watch any random game at any time. Yes. Like I could I could watch the Browns play the Texans, and I'd be locked in, right? Like, I, I don't need – some people need that fantasy interest. Like, oh, I don't care about these two teams. These two teams aren't very good. Like, why would I watch this? And I guess Browns-Texans now, you have the Deshaun Watson thing, so people would want to watch that. Maybe that's not the best example, but you get my point. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people need that, like, separate rooting interest to watch a game between two teams that they might not care about very much. Like, I, I'm the type of guy, dude, I'll, I'll watch any NFL game at any time of the year. I don't need that separate fantasy thing, and now I can just kind of focus on the game itself and not having to root for certain players uh, every single Sunday, and it's it's nice. And plus, when you got your cousin, you had that little bit of something on it. That matters. Yeah, well, that, that, that helps matters. too. Yeah, I do. I do have some rooting interest, yes, I guess. That does matter. Yeah, it does make a difference. All right, Buck, let's uh let's take you back a recent trip down memory lane. We're not going too far back into the past for this one, but we are going to replay Big 12 Conference Commissioner Brett Yormark's comments that he made in Lubbock last week when speaking to a room full of Texas Tech alumni and fans. Here is what the Big 12 Commission had to say about the University of Texas. Candidly, we were able to get Texas and Oklahoma out a year early. That was a big deal for us, and I think all of you. Okay? And Coach, I'm not going to put any pressure on you, but I'm going to be in Austin for Thanksgiving. Okay? And you better take care of business like you did right here in Lubbock last year. So those were the comments that your mark made last week. I think every Longhorn fan, hell, I think every college football fan has seen or heard those at this point, Buck. Well, yesterday was the first time we have heard from Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian since your mark's comments last week. And towards the end of Sark's media availability, somebody asked him about what your mark had to say. Here's Steve Sarkeesian. Jokingly inside, but but not. <laughs> you know, I got a letter from the commissioner about sportsmanship the day before that speech. And so I'm trying to figure out, you know, about what are we promoting to our student athletes and then to go say those types of things. So I'm, I'm not guessing he's going to have his Thanksgiving dinner with us the night before that game. Um, but the reality of it is, you know, that's, a lot's been made about that. A lot's been made about a T-shirt being made. 
let, let's not make this more than it is, man. This is about us. We're focused on what we get to do and why we get to do it. We're proud to be part of the University of Texas. Okay, we're proud to represent the burnt orange and right. We're proud to represent 550,000 living alumni. We're proud to represent four national championship teams. We're proud to get to go do that. And we know who's behind us. And that's okay. Now let's go play. Yeah, pretty simply said, let's just go play. You know what? We won't, we won't, the refs are out there, but we're not going to let them get involved because we'll be whipping your ass so bad it won't really, really matter in the fourth quarter. They won't be able to make calls that are going to, you know, hurt us in games we'll take care of our own business and that's what we need to do we need to focus on us not worry about what the commissioner says but he didn't like it because that whole sportsmanship thing comes into play and when you're promoting when you're at a university and you're supposed to be promoting you know extracurricular activities throughout your university and then on your on the football field you're talking about we need to get some kind of slight advantage over this group because they're leaving us we'll teach them i mean that's that's the way it just came off of I mean, and it came that way immediately when he started talking about what we need to do. And then directing it at their coach, saying, hey, coach, you need to take care of business. Oh, really? Well, the other coach is still in the Big 12. And once again, Mr. Yurmark, as long as Texas and Oklahoma are still in the Big 12, they still run the Big 12. Yeah. Till, the day, till the day that they leave at that last game or that last athletic uh, program plays their, their final Big 12 the University of Texas runs your league, period. They have from the beginning. They will on the way out and what they do on the athletic field. But when it comes to socially and everything else, economically, your league is run by the University of Texas. And we'll take little brother Oklahoma in there too. But you're not, you're, you don't, you're just a commissioner because of the University of Texas and Oklahoma, by the way. You got that job because of these two places. have been holding up the mantle for the Big 12 in all sports, not – we're not just talking about football. We're talking about all the sports. You know, the Governor's Cup over the last uh, two years, sports in general, what happens at Texas, you know, changes the world. Think about that, you remark. That's what you need to think about. Until we leave, you're still run by University of Texas. They still run your show. So you can huff and puff and talk about what you want done and what you'll do to the officials. But everybody knows who runs your league. They're not gone yet. Texas hasn't left the league yet, and they still own your league until they leave. And probably a little bit of Oklahoma, too. Let me let me throw a little smattering of them in there, too. Well, you just called them little brother like 30 seconds ago. So yeah, it's not just a little smattering of Oklahoma. Can't give them all the kudos. But oh. for Texas, man, it's that's that's just you know about sportsmanship. The guy the, the day that guy starts talking sportsmanship, we we do have to remind him of what he did say here a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Look, credit to Sark for taking the high road there, but the irony is strong with this one, right? The oh, fact yeah. that those comments were made a day after your mark sent a league-wide memo to all of the schools in the Big 12 talking about sportsmanship. I mean, he basically gave sportsmanship the double bird in Lubbock with those comments that he made. So and telling another coach, you take care of business yeah. over an opposing Big 12 opponent. I mean, really? Yeah. And Sark's kind of right. Like, what does that do for the student athletes? That was my point last week. Like, yeah. you're a conference commissioner. You're supposed to be unbiased. You're supposed to promote fairness and equity across your league. And last time I checked, Texas and Oklahoma are still in your league. Yes. Right? We know next year they won't be. Thank God. 
But right now, they are still in your league, and it is your job to be the commissioner of this conference that now has Texas and Oklahoma. And, yeah, look, it was calculated. Your Mark knew what he was doing, clearly. He wants people talking about the Big 12, but it was also pretty classless by your Mark, and it was just kind of a dumb thing to say, and I think it was a bad look for him, honestly, last week. And and Sark's right. I mean, what type of message does it send to student-athletes, not just football players, but everybody in every sport? And you basically have the – a league-wide boss who controls everybody and everything that happens in the conference. You got the national champions. You got the national champions in track and field. Yeah, volleyball. What are you telling the national champions? Yeah, I mean he's coming out and basically saying that you know, sorry guys, y'all are screwed. If you think if you think you are getting any breaks this year, and forget any breaks, but if you think you're even getting like fair treatment in this league, it's not going to happen. Because I have now told everybody that I'm openly rooting against you in sports this year. So, you know, good luck. Screw you guys. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Well, you just got to make sure it doesn't happen. You got to take care of your business that officiating won't have anything to do with it. And he won't be able to make that call down to anybody in any quarters to say, hey, listen, we need a couple more flags thrown against your team. Or we need to make sure that 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 volleyball, that ball was in play, not out of play. I mean, this guy, it just sounds like if you say those things – You'll do something. That's that's what those aren't just words to me. Those aren't when a guy like that at that position says those things, he will do something about it. He's just not talking just for the sake of talking yeah. and, and and throwing that out there. Come on, coach. Let's come on. Let's 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 get it going, Joey McGuire out here in Lubbock. No, no, no. I will help you along the way. <laughs> help you in that in that game. I'm gonna be in Austin, Texas. And the officials will know when I come through their locker room, when I come through their locker room before the game. The commissioner is here, and believe me, I will be talking to that that head official and letting them know, hey, you know we can't let we can't let this group beat us here. I mean, I I, I just I don't I don't like that I don't, because as I said, if a guy says it, I believe this guy will do it. Yep. Yeah. Brett Yormark's worst nightmare is a Texas Oklahoma Big Twelve championship oh, game just, in early December. I'm, I'm I'm just praying for that to happen. Yep, and usually I don't root for Oklahoma, right? Usually I only care if Texas gets there, but this year I think it would be pretty awesome if we get a rematch of the Red River shootout in Arlington at the end of the season. Because, yeah, that's look, the Big 12 is going to do whatever it possibly can to prevent that from happening, but uh, there are only so many things that they can do. Texas and Oklahoma go take care of their business. It's not like at the end of the year – uh, you know, they have to forfeit games or, or Bob Bowlesby, I almost called him Bob Bowlesby. Uh, Brett Yormar can come out and say, no, we're actually going to take the third and fourth place teams in the conference this right. year. And they're they're going to play for the conference championship. No, like it, it gets to a point where, yeah, there might be some BS against Texas and Oklahoma this year. And yeah, they're going to have to deal with some things that maybe some of the other teams across this league aren't going to have to deal with. But hey, they know what's at stake. Just go out and win. Have one of the yeah, two I mean, best records in this conference, and you'll be playing for a conference title. Yeah, there you go. And the, the rowing team, number one team in the nation over the last two years, the rowing team are just, you know, you know how to do that. Just stick those oars right up his ass at the end of the <laughs> season and win another national championship. Just keep just keep oh. doing what you do. Win. Win in all of these sports. Every one of these sports, just continue to win like you've done over the past five or six years. Win them all. Don't let uh-huh. don't 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 let them don't take don't give them a break on the way out. Don't say, well, we're getting ready to join the SEC in baseball. Coach Pierce, just just hammer everybody. Just hammer them all on the way out. Don't yeah. let this guy do what he's going to do because this guy's going to have a hand in what happens on the playing fields in all sports. That, yep. that, wasn't just a, that wasn't just for football what he was talking about. 
that's for all sports at the University of Texas right there. I'll start by winning in football, please. Cause yeah, yeah, please do. You've done a that, pretty good job in most of the other sports. Let's uh, let's get football figured out. And that's I want to say it starts first because the volleyball team has already started and a couple yes. of other teams have already started. But let's uh, let's get football figured out and find a way to win this league on the way out. Uh, one quick comment from Jay Ward that made me laugh a little bit. Yeah, it, it, it is pretty hilarious that Brett Yormark is taking credit for Texas and Oklahoma bolting for the SEC a year before they were supposed to. Or you as if got like, them out. As if that wasn't Texas and Oklahoma doing whatever they could to get to the SEC and the SEC doing whatever they could to get Texas and Oklahoma there as soon as possible. Right. Like, I love how Yormark is like, no, I did that. That's me. Texas and Oklahoma actually, they wanted to stay till 2030, but because I'm so good at my job, <laughs> I wanted those guys out after 2023. So you're welcome, Big 12. What wow. a cuck that guy is. Oh, man. All right, we'll hear more from uh, Steve Sarkeesian here in a moment, but uh, some more love to some more of our sponsors. Bucky football season is upon us. It means it's the perfect time to call audio visual consultations. If you need to upgrade your TV, you got to reach out to our buddy Tom McKay and the crew at AVC. Yeah, don't go around shopping for the TV and then the surround sound and then all the mounts and equipment needed to make it all work. Tom and his guys will bring everything you need and they'll bring it and set it up just for you. You know, maybe not like Wags does and puts all the holes in his wall at his house. Tom will come to your house and get it done. AV Consultation is one of the largest dealers of most television and audio brands, and they have all the items in stock. The hottest items are in stock with Tom. He doesn't have to send away for them. He's got them in stock at his warehouse. They've got the smart TVs, the Sonos audio equipment, and he's not going to jack up the prices on you folks. He's not going to do it like some of the big box stores when they can't get it and then they get it. They start jacking up prices. Tom McKay and Audiovisual Consultations will not do that to you. 512-255-8678. They are the smart guys that don't make you feel stupid. Make that call today. Audiovisual Consultations, avconsultations.com. Yeah, shout out to Tom. He's in Boston right now watching the Astros Red Sox series. Also dropping his kid off at college up there too. But Well, he should be probably stopping by on his way to Boston, stopping by maybe New York to make that call to the captain. Why wouldn't he make that call to the captain and get the captain involved with the New York Yankees? 27 world championships. Why, 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 would he, why would he go to New York when he's in Boston and he's dropping his daughter off at college in Boston? Why is he going to New York? Why didn't she go to school in New York anyway? Why, why is she in Boston? I just happened I to, to trip up and go to school in that place. But mm. why didn't she go to a nice school like, um, I don't know, Columbia or something like that? Why is she at that little private school up there in Boston? How, how are you You know she's at a that? little private school. You know that. Yeah, well, she's in musical theater, so she's studying oh. that. She's at a great program up there. She's crushing it. Crushing she's a future it. star. And you went to Boston College. What are you doing? Why didn't she go to a school in New York? Why didn't you go to a school in New York, guy? No, no, no. I mean, I went to a I, – I mean, I was a Catholic. I was an altar boy. I wanted to go from first grade through college, and I did just that. I went where the Jesuits were at Boston College. By uh, the way – when I went to visit originally, I didn't realize it was a Catholic school. Oh, would that have changed your mind? No, because it wasn't about it was about the city of Boston that I liked. Yeah, it was, it was like getting out of the little, the little hamlet of Bethlehem, PA, and I saw the city and the bright lights and certain sections of town. I had to go. Mm. I just had to do that. 
How close to downtown Boston is Boston College? Like, is it right in the heart of the city, or is it somewhere no, way out outskirts. there? It's 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 in uh, it's up in Beacon Hill. It's it's not it's not that far away, but you know they're all there's probably about seven or eight universities just around that area. I spent most of my time near Fenway Park going to summer school when I was at Boston College, where they didn't have air conditioning in the buildings. But oh. up on the hill there, Chestnut Hill, wonderful school, wonderful university. Home of Doug Flutie. That's right. Yeah, and you guys Doug haven't Flutie. had a player since Doug Flutie either. Wow. Eh, I guess Matt Ryan was pretty good. I mean, isn't there a wide receiver playing out there in the league right now? Was drafted in the first round, Zay Flowers. Yeah, from Austin, right? No, not Zay Collier. Zay Flowers. You know? <laughs> Come on, man. Wait, isn't who am I thinking of? You're thinking oh Zay Jones. I'm thinking Zay of Zay Jones, Jones no. from Austin High. I'm like, I know it's Zay, and it's not Zay Collier. That guy's not in the NFL. He's on Texas Sports Unfiltered. <laughs> yes, from he one is. To three. He'll be on this afternoon. Yeah, yeah. It's almost the NFL, not quite the same. How oh, is man. that? How is that guy doing anyway? No, uh, he's Zay great. Collier along with Chip Brown. How are they doing in the afternoons? Uh, it's a fun show, man. Except, you know, Chip was late again yesterday. So well, he I has had duties, to- you know. That that first day of of that the meeting with Sark, that was those things are extra long. And Chip has an obligation to make that done. He has an obligation for us, but he has yeah. another gig that he makes, you know, like I don't know, half a mil, something like that. He's got to be able to, <laughs> to make sure he gets his money for doing that. Are you kidding me? I think it's what half about, a bill. Half a bill. What about Doc Trey? He hasn't shown up lately. What's the deal with that guy? What has he been doing? He has no other gig. So he's not doing anything. He hasn't even shown up with you and I over the last. He hasn't even been there to thank me for bringing that rain to him the other day. You didn't bring shit to anybody, dude. What? You're the only person who got rain in all of Central Texas. I don't even think your neighbors in the dirty drip got rain. Literally just you. This Stop is taking a credit for that metropolitan area out here in Dripping Springs, Texas, USA, America. I guess wonderful so. spot. I it's guess where so. the rain it where it's where the rain comes to drop its load upon us. Thank you very mm-hmm. much. There, can you phrase that a little bit differently? Oh, maybe next time. They're saying yes. God is dropping his load on you guys. We love it out here in the drip, and it's oh, not the dirty God. drip. It's just dripping springs. That's right. The former mayor, Mayor Pound. You know they tried to name this Pound Town out here. Yeah, I forgot about any, that. We didn't have any part of that either. We have respect <laughs> for Mayor Pound out here. I'm uh, going to name this place Pound Town. You get the dirty drip in Pound Town. That's how it wow. goes. Huh? Take a trip to Pound Town and see what happens. All right. I don't know how to transition from that. Let's hear from Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, he was asked what he wants to see from his team. Besides a win, that's obvious. But what else does Sark want to see from his group this Saturday against the Rice House? First of all, you think about first games. You know, and I, I watched him Saturday. I look at substitution errors. <laughs> you know, you got 12 on the field. You got 10 on the field. I look at some of the pre-snap penalty things. Uh, I look at tackling. Um, I look at our coverage units in the return game. We're seeing big returns uh, th- this past weekend. So, inevitably, you know, I, I want to see us execute. And uh, all of that is kind of encompassed into that, whether it's pre-snap or post-snap, uh, our ability to execute, communicating really well, being on the same page, and then play our style of football. Yeah, pre-snap is always one of my pet peeves in, in football is when somebody jumps who just got out of the huddle and they told them what the snap count was. You know what I mean? Somebody that just can't hold their water, they just sit there and they, they know what the count is. 
The other group on the other side, they weren't in the huddle with you. They didn't hear that it was on two or <laughs> is on one or is on three, you know, or a silent count. You know what the snap count is. So when a when an offensive lineman makes that little twinge, that always used to drive me crazy. That first and ten, I mean, that first and ten that becomes first and fifteen drives offensive coaches out of their minds. It's just sloppy. That's just sloppy play. That's not paying attention to detail. That's the first thing you do. Give you the snap count. Let's go. Don't have a guy or two guys jumping, and then you're looking at them going, were you just in the huddle 15 seconds ago? That, that's, what, that's, that's what you held in your mind, that when I told you it was going to be on two, you jumped on one on the first hut. When I just said to everybody else, I was going on two, but two of you clowns out of the 11 guys are jumping around because you just can't hold still. I mean, that, that just drives you nuts as a coach. And you yeah. see a lot of that. I mean, dude, you see tons of that in high school. That's where, okay, high school's over with. You're now in college. Know the snap count. Understand. Hey, if anything, go late. Be yep. late. Don't yeah. be too soon. Be, be the last guy off the line. You know, yeah. eventually you'll fix that. Mentally, that'll come to you. I mean, you're a college student. Let's go. You know, you're a professional football player. You're playing for money. You know, let's go. Yep. Pre-snap penalties were an issue for this Texas team last year, especially oh up front on the offensive line. And the hope is with all five starters back from a season ago, I know DJ Campbell might be a new starter, but he was a part of the team last year. And right. Mark already said that uh, Campbell and Cole Hudson are going to be splitting reps in this game on Saturday. You've got a very experienced group up front is the point I'm trying to make. And the hope is because of that, that yeah, pre-snap penalties are way less of an issue in 2023 than they were in 2022. You got the yeah. same snap call. You got the same guy who's calling the calling the counts. Same center, the same quarterback, right? Those right. are the two Absolutely. most important guys when it comes to uh, that cadence there and making sure the timing is right and everyone's on the same page. Yeah, you've got to, you've got that cohesion. You've got that chemistry between offensive line and quarterback, and that should clean things up for Texas a little bit. And it's look, it's it's understandable that. Things might not be 100% buttoned up in the first game of the season, but it's also understandable if Texas fans freak out a little bit, if there are some issues with communication and penalties and personnel, what Sark is talking about. If we see that against Rice, it's understandable and inevitable that Texas fans are going to be like, well, shoot, we've got to play at Alabama next week. And we're dealing got, with this Yeah, guy. and they got 12 guys on the field. Yeah, so you need it to look – like you don't need it to beat Rice, right? But just for the sake of having the utmost confidence that you're going to go into Bama next week and put up a fight and maybe win that game, you need things to look just about as clean as they possibly can this weekend. Yeah, because you're going to need – you're not going to – you're, you're probably not going to get perfection, but you're going to damn need to be close to it when you go on the road against, you know, the Crimson Tide. You're going to need – you're going to need to be close – you can't be sloppy for one thing. You can't be. You can't afford to give up a bunch of five-yard penalties. You can't afford to give up missed tackles, things like that. All the things that you've done so well in your fall camp, you have to take those onto the field against an opponent now, and it needs to happen in game number one. Because as when Coach said, "Well, we have twelve guys on the field. We have ten guys on the field." You're going to get some of that. Some of those things are going to happen. That's just, you know, it just happens. You know. One guy's hurt, but you don't know that the second guy coach is over there getting something fixed. Those kind of things happen. That's that's why you have first games. That's why you have first game routines so you can get all that stuff out of the way so that when people talk about how you've changed from game one to game two, how you've gotten better at it, those are the things that are supposed to happen. If there's any game that we do see 12 men on the field 
or somebody come out of the huddle late, or, you know, you get that flag for having too many men in the huddle. This is the game. It can't happen to you the following week. No. It just can't. You don't want it to happen this week, but it, it, but it really can. But if you have a bunch of that next week, that's where you get beat. Bingo. Those things will get you beat. Yeah, you can be sloppy against Rice and still beat them by three sure. to four touchdowns. You can't be sloppy at Bryant-Denny Stadium and expect to beat Alabama or even no. hang with Alabama. So, uh, yeah, you know, get get the mistakes out this week. But once again, if you see those mistakes, I'm going to be, and I think I could speak for most Texas fans, uh, I think we're all going to be a little bit nervous that, okay, you know, this looked bad against Rice. How is it going to look on the road in that atmosphere? That's why you want to see things look good. And, oh, by the way, like we obviously talked about what Brett Yormark had to say and how Texas might be going up against the officials at times this season. I don't think it's going to be a Big 12 officiating crew on Saturday. So I don't I don't think it's going to be like whoever's refing this game on Saturday, I don't think they're going to be out to get Texas or anything like that, which means if Texas has seven, eight, nine penalties or God forbid more, it's yes. because Texas actually committed seven, eight, nine penalties sure. or more. Yeah, there, there's no there's no doubt about it. Nobody you this is about you. As Sark said, it's about us. This game will be about them, like most games will be about them. And once again, if you're gonna have those things happen. You want those things to get get done, get rectified in game one. Get that over with. But people are going to wonder, if you're not budding up, they're going to wonder all the things that, you know, Quan has talked about, your culture, what you're trying to build, you know, uh, being on the same page with your football team as a coach. That's when the fans start looking at you going, wait a minute. In game one, they had nine penalties. They have three or four illegal procedures. The fans will look at that and go, that's a sign of them not having that maturity, not having that that culture. What did they do in two-a-days when somebody jumped? Did they stop practice, do it all over again? Did they run gases? What did they do? People will wonder about you as a coach more so than they're going to wonder about those players. It's going to be about you when you have a bunch of illegal procedures. You know, they'll wonder about you when you have 12 men on the field. Who's in charge of substitutions over there on the sideline? Is that person not doing their job? You know, that the, the fans will wonder that. But the fans have to also understand it's game number one, and it doesn't matter who you're playing against. You're going to have things. Things aren't going to roll perfectly for you in game number one. It just happens. that It's happening all over the country. Sure. Sarge just told you. It's happening to the best of the best. It's happening to the USC's. It's going to happen to the Notre Dame's of the world. It's going to happen to Michigan. They're all going to just do that. Now, does that mean they're not going to roll the team they're playing against in game number one? Most of them will roll those teams, and Texas should do likewise. Yeah, look, uh, we can see some of what we saw in week zero in week one for Texas, but they better not be giving up 28 points to this oh, rice no. bunch like USC did with Sandy or San Jose State this past weekend. That would be a little bit scary. Uh, one more one more from Steve Sarkeesian. Yeah, one more from Steve Sarkeesian here. And we got to end our show with some rectum talk. Yeah. Wow. How's that for a tease? Let's hear from Sark. Do you feel a sense of urgency from your team now that it's game week. Sure. I think our guys are really excited. <laughs> you know, like I, I just got done talking to them. You know, as much as we're excited to play on Saturday, we need to be, we need to do a great job this week of being present today. And we need to focus on today. Saturday will come soon enough. We need to be present today and we need to be taking in all the information today and then go out and try to do it tomorrow. And so um, we're, we're excited. You know, our guys have worked really hard. And so, you know, ultimately I want them to play really well. And so my job as a coach is to prepare them to play well uh, and them understanding, you know, Saturday's a few days from now. So let's let's focus on where we're at. Let's be present today. 
Hard to do, and it's hard to do because these guys have been beating up on each other for weeks. They've been really competing against each other since um, when after Christmas, you know, when they came back for those winter workouts. They've been competing against each other for a long, long time, and it's been a long, hot summer, and they can't wait to see somebody else. But that day is going to come. That day is in, in three or four days from now. It's It's not today. They don't play today. There's still things that they have to get done on a Tuesday, and generally Tuesday – you're gonna, you're gonna, you're still gonna be hitting guys. They're not going out there and and no pads. They're still hitting. They still got, they still got some tackling to do some other things to do. That stuff will start to gear itself down on Thursdays and Fridays and walkthroughs, but there's still work to be done. Hayes not in the barn yet. You know, people no. will think because they're playing rice while the hay's in the barn. Oh no, this is a work week and this is a work day. Tuesday is a work day. You don't have time to for guys that think it's it's done now. I'm ready to go. I can go cruise control for the rest of the week. My job is just not to get hurt for the rest of the week. No, your job is to study film, to give your best still on the field, get the best out of what they can get for this week. As he said, the day will come. It's just around the corner, but it ain't today. Yeah, it sounds like Sark's been listening to some of your tips for kids, Buck. I feel it like does, that was one of your previous tips for kids, to just focus on today. Don't worry that's about right. tomorrow. Just focus on today and be great today. And that, BK, that's, focus, that's good advice. Focus for our cause you serve, not for your cause. Focus for our cause you serve. That's what it's all about. Not about you. It's about what us. What cause do I serve? Your cause is I'm your cause. Oh, God. I'm there not you serving you. The only thing I'm serving you is a pink slip if you keep this attitude up. Come on, man. That's all you're getting from me. Yeah, I like that from Sark. I, I think just to just for his guys to start relaxing, because in their minds, you know, they they'll they'll understand that they're they're gonna be better than rice, but you can't be better than rice on Tuesday. It it doesn't work that way. You're not better than rice until you in the fourth quarter, you're playing yeah. in the game. You do all the things the right way, the way that you were taught to do them. But you're not better than Rice today. Not on Tuesday, you're not. You haven't you haven't gotten done what you're supposed to get done for the team yet. Wow. Yeah. I'm they're, full of it. They're better than Rice today. See, there they, you go. You're just, they were better than Rice yesterday. They've been better than Rice since you were coaching at the University of Texas. Because oh, the last time the Longhorns <laughs> lost to Rice was back in 94 when you were on the coaching staff. So – since then, they've been better than Rice every single day, and I think that's going to continue for a lot of days into the future as well. There's no excuse for lack of preparation. And if you don't prepare today as if you're playing somebody very, very good, or, or you can't prepare for Alabama the week of the Rice game. So treat them all the same. Yep. They all have to be treated the same. Last time Rice won in Austin, 1965. Buck, you were, what, 40? At I that was time? Just, no, I was not 40. I was just a child. Uh, I was just a little child at that time. I don't know if I believe that. I don't know if I believe that. All right, some more love to uh, some of our sponsors. And, of course, we'll talk plenty of Texas Rice throughout the course of the week, and we'll give our season-long predictions what we expect from this Texas group in 2023. And, yeah, we'll play the win-win-loss-win game at some point this week, too, where we go down the entire schedule and pick – the results of each game here in 2023. But now some love to some of our sponsors. How about Woods Comfort Systems, Buck? You talked about air conditioning a little bit earlier. If you're building a home and you need AC, or if something is wrong with your current home's AC, 
hit up Woods Comfort Systems to make sure that you're taken care of. Oh, for sure. David and the gang over there, Travis, if you need it, they're going to be there for you because this is the time that if you got something going on with your air conditioning, what you don't want to happen is you don't want somebody to tell you, I can't make it. I won't be there for at least two or three weeks. Woods Comfort System will be there that day or that evening. And those dudes won't go home until they have it done. And if they have to work, they generally don't take a bunch of time, but if they have to come to your place at five or six o'clock to get it done, to make sure that you have that air conditioning, all your air conditioning needs, they will be there. Believe me. Yep. Absolutely. Check them out online, woodscomfortsystems.com or give them a call 512-842-5066. Woods Comfort Systems, where comfort is our middle name. And uh, yeah, don't have your house be like the LSU locker room a couple of years ago. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding, kidding. The AC was working just fine in there that day. Uh, shout out also to Altstat Beer, the best beer that you can find all throughout the state of Texas, wherever you're tuned in. They've got Altstat near you, all across Central Texas, the Metroplex, the Houston area, whatever. You can find Altstat. Get ready for football season with the best beer that there is. That's Altstat beer. They've got a ton of different brews, too. Something for every beer drinker out there. So if you're showing up to your tailgates or watch parties this weekend, make sure you come stocked with Altstat beer. You're going to be the life of the party every time you arrive at the party. If you've got some Altstat beer, no impurities, no regrets. And also, shout out to Last Stand Hats. Working on getting y'all a discount code from our friends over there at Last Hats to hook you up with a little discount. And that's what discount codes are for. Good job, BK. Thank you, BK. You're welcome, BK. BK. Where to go? They've got uh, the best gear that you could find for Texas and for a bunch of different universities across the state of Texas. But if you're trying to grab those badass Longhorn hats, they've got them on site right now at laststandhats.com, plus golf polos that are ridiculously soft and comfortable that you can wear out there on the course. And, yeah, get uh, get set for football season with our friends at Last Stand Hats. Check them out at laststandhats.com. All right, Bucky, we're talking uh, rectums here. You cool with that? Or depending on whose rectum it is. Well, we've got a lot of rectums that we're talking about here. How about this headline from our friends over at the New York Post? Hospitalizations for foreign objects in rectums are on the rise. And we've got some numbers because a new study was recently published in the American Journal of Emergency Medicine. And they said that nearly 4,000 people are hospitalized with foreign objects in their rectum each year are we talking prison we're not talking just prisons right no we're not talking prison at all this is all like cases of people outside of prison who have to end up going to the hospital because of something that is stuck in their in their ass rump roast are we talking domestic we're talking domestic here wow yeah we are yeah we are habit trails Um, everything We've got some numbers. Of these reported cases, the average age of the patient visiting the emergency room was 43 years old. So this is not just kids being kids. It's mainly adults who are dealing with this problem. Uh, No surprise with this one. Nearly 78% of the patients were male, Buck. Why does this this occurring to, you know, when you you talk about Texas sports unfiltered, why does it talk talk to the majority of guys that are on our channel? that are doing this in their forties. You you think about the ones who are doing this, that of that age, 
Why is their age group sticking things in their ass? Oh, or, fall, you think or, it's... Falling on, or falling on things or being embedded. I mean, whatever happens, whatever happens, happens. But why has it happened to that age group? Why is that 40, 40 something? Is that a new fad for them? Are you accusing our viewers and listeners of doing something like this? I'm accusing our staff of being in that age group that they seem to want to have fun. Guys just want to have fun or gals. <laughs> what is the deal? I don't get it. Yeah, I like having fun too, but uh, this is not my type of fun. I don't no. think any of this is fun. Exit uh, care, only. Care to, uh, <laughs> care to take a guess what the majority of these foreign bodies, as they call them, were? Uh, no, I... I Cell phones? <laughs> Cell phones? What do you think? People are shoving their phones up their ass? I mean, habit trails? Uh, with, with or without gerbils? I don't know. I don't, gerbils? I, I can't. I gerbils? Can't, I mean, I can't. I don't, I don't know. I mean, people well, you have think fun. The, the, school, the school class project is crawling into people's rectums at night? And pulling them out. I don't know. Watch, oh, out, my. Their, watch out for their tiny little claws, though. You got to be careful. I, Gross. I, just, I can't, I, I, it, I don't want to think about what's going up in there, but it, for me, well, it's ex exit only. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Over half of the foreign bodies were sexual objects. Oh, okay. so sex toys, vibrators, oh, beads, yeah. sure. that kind of stuff. But yeah. Researchers have also found an increase in hospital visits for rectal foreign items it was 1.2 per 100,000 people back in 2012. Now it's 1.9 in 2021. That's the last year they calculated this data. So, yeah, more and more people are doing stuff like this. And, Buck, more and more people are having to go to the hospital because of it. Well, I mean, you know, Skechers, you don't, you don't need laces. So Skechers just kind of slide. You know, that Skechers fit is a little bit different these days for those that are using yeah. shoes and sneakers and and putting Jordans and things like that up their rear end. So what people are putting shoes. I don't, <laughs> I, mean, I don't think when, I don't think when Skechers is talking about easy slide or easy <laughs> slip, they're talking about in your rear end, dude. <laughs> well, you never know what you're going to fall on to. I mean, it's Wait, things what? are different. Th things are different in this day and age. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe, I, I don't know. Maybe Northwestern has the handbook on that stuff. I don't know. Uh, well, last year, I want to show you a picture. Of what? This. this is something that happened last year where a French guy was hospitalized of because of something that got stuck in his rear end. Let me show you a picture of uh, of what this thing was. And, you know, I'll, I'll just let you react in real time. You seeing that? Yeah, it looks like maybe something from a war zone maybe one of the explosive <laughs> bullets didn't go off it is that is a world war one artillery shell that was lodged in the rear end of a french senior citizen buck guys around your age and he I told had you. this up his backside well i mean i told you i mean with the war is going on you can't find a place to sit back in back in the day and there's shells that never went off and you sit down next thing you know that's embedded in your ass. I mean, maybe that guy didn't do that on purpose. Maybe, maybe it went right, right up the rectum. You know what I mean? 
that thing is huge. <laughs> Dude, I mean, this happened last year. This wasn't wartime when this happened to this guy. It hasn't been lodged in there for like 90 years. Like this literally happened last year. Why? Wasn't a bowling ball available for this dude? I mean, <laughs> really? <laughs> dude, how how nasty on. is that? That's, that's, nasty. that's nasty right there. The guy was 88 years old. I'm telling you, that's a guy that slipped on a hike in the woods and tripped over a shell that didn't go off and it got embedded. Well, was like he nude? Happen. He was nude on this hike and this all happened? He slipped and fell the wrong way and embedded himself on a shell that never went off. He's lucky that thing didn't go off, or maybe he's should, that should have went off. I think I'd rather he, I think I'd rather be dead than have to live with that happening. That thing is eight inches long and more than two inches wide, Bucky. No, <laughs> no, that's it. You're out on that, huh? I'm out on that. I'm out on that all the way. So you're and, all not- I, and dude, all I do is talk to people at the urinals and you're showing explosive devices that are going up people's asses. Dude, people <laughs> are really? putting that stuff in there on their own. <laughs> oh my goodness. Nearly 4,000 people a year are hospitalized for doing stuff like that. Now, I think most of the cases don't involve a World War I artillery shell. No, these people but- need to go to church. That's what they need to do. They need to quit shoving stuff up themselves and go, go find the Lord and quit doing stuff like this. That is absolutely appalling i don't know if the lord can help any of those people man lord can help us all but that dude right there if that guy went through the the whole procedure of that good luck yeah and i was just talking habit trails and hamsters i wasn't talking about bombshells (laughs) b-52 bombers i I wasn't talking about that my goodness i'm talking about the little delights in your life my goodness the little delights yeah not something like that good (laughs) gravy all right buck before we wrap things up today boy i'm sure dr eckert's gonna love us talking (laughs) about him after talking about uh rectums and whatnot uh doc you can help your teeth he's not gonna help any of that issue or those problems that you may be dealing with but if you do need that denzel smile that you've got buck you gotta call dr you that's for sure there's no doubt about it if you got dental anxiety which a lot of folks have they won't even go near a dentist. If you need IV sedation, and I mean, there are folks, BK, that won't go to the dentist just to have their teeth clean. They're so horrified of the dentist. Well, IV sedation may be the way for you to go, whether it's a cleaning or having just uh, a dental implant. Let Dr. Eric get that. Get, let's you get, let you get yourself all fixed up. Get your dental health taken care of because it involves the rest of your health if you don't get it done. I have my teeth veneer in just two visits with a good doctor. I got that Denzel smile that I always wanted. But if you're also in a, uh, finding out about dental implants, Dr. Record is doing plenty of those right now. All you have to do is find out if you're a candidate for dental implants by giving him a call at 512-345-3166. He'll do that for you also. Teeth cleaning, teeth widening, tooth loss solutions, Dr. Record will be there. 27 years of service. And believe me, doing what I have these veneers, now, he's done over 1,400 cases of doing veneers. And believe me, that's just not a hobby lobby. I mean, that's the real deal. This guy knows what to do. If you want that Denzel smile, and I know you're all out there taking your selfies, you want to look good for yourself or whoever you're sending your selfies off to, you need to go see Dr. Record. He will get it done. Once again, 512-345-3166, Dr. Greg Ecker. Absolutely. Shout out to Doc U and shout out to our friends at Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. If you've got something you need to get done, get it done with Top Gun. 
I'm telling you, all the equipment that you could ever need to rent, to buy, they've got the biggest selection, all of the best brands in store all of the time. And they've got two Austin area locations to best serve you. One up north in Anderson Square, one down south on South First Street. Telling you, small home project, large construction job, whatever it is that you need to get done, do it with our friends at Top Gun and TopGun.net. They will shoot you straight. Hi, Buck. Fun show today, my friend. And, of course, Trey and BK coming up from 12 to 1, Chip and Zay from 1 to 3, and some big-time announcements coming to Texas Sports Unfiltered in the not-too-distant future. Make sure you like this video if you haven't yet. Please subscribe to the channel as well. Special thanks to all of our uh, sponsors. Buck, this was fun today, man. It was. Good to talk to Quan today. Thank you to Quan for coming on with us. Hey, and for some of you freaks out there, bottoms up, I guess. (laughs) That's That's what you'd say. Uh, it gives a whole new meaning to the term party poopers, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll We're see out of here. Hook em. Hook em.